Hey, again. Hey. Hey. Hey, listen. Hey. hey. My audio isn't that bad right hey. now. What? Whoa. We decided to do like a one-time in-person recording. Um, and this will not happen often during the COVID. But we had an opportunity to just like kind of crack it out. Like to have like Genhard show up six feet away from me for a couple hours <laughs> and then record it. Hell yeah, dude. Um, Why not? Every now and then, as long as we're being cautious. Right. Yeah, and there's, there's nobody else here at the moment besides me and a job anyway. Right. So we That's could the just, main reason we can't do that. Right. So, yeah, there's other people that live in my house, so it's kind of difficult, especially one that is immunocompromised. It was a little difficult to have people around when COVID's happening, but he can, like, come and record real quick, and then I could like, sanitize where he's at. And so it, like, works out. <laughs> you should do that anyway. Get yeah. the gen out of here. Right, yeah. I need, Spray I need to, the gen down and get him out of here. I need to cleanse the gen from my <laughs> fucking household. <laughs> So, yeah. PlayStation 5. Oh, that's one more than four. Yep, Time Bubble, we recorded on Friday. Uh, a lot of that is because uh, you need to get notes together, and also um, PlayStation 4 announcement was on Thursday. That's because I needed to write down stuff about Friday Part 7. Right. But that was my own problem. But fuck it. Anyway. <laughs> also, it was nice because I had like a day to kind of like, like collect the information about PS5 stuff, too. I kind of wanted to talk about it. There's a, a lot of fallout of the event. You know, people like arguing whether uh, the, the Spider-Man game is an actual game or an expansion. Stuff like that. Uh, does the PS5 have an Ethernet port? I don't know. I hope it fucking does. Nobody... <laughs> Literally nobody has said that it doesn't. Yeah. So, and like every single video game console since like the PS2 has had one. Doesn't the Switch not? Nintendo hasn't had one ever. Unless you I guess that's consistent for Nintendo. Right. But like Sony and Microsoft have had, you know, Ethernet ports on their consoles for three generations now. And it's not like they're going to stop. Ethernet would be pretty dumb because I don't think that would be a expensive thing to put in no ethernet ports are so cheap yeah. they do one thing yeah they're like you can get a, a high-end ethernet port. In it. it's not like yeah like <laughs> the thing that upgrades about ethernet is the cabling yeah like like we're, we're like in cat 7 territory now for like ethernet cables oh man we gotta get out of the city it's a cat 7 hey. but that's usually what the cable technology and like routers and stuff like that is what upgrades about ethernet as far as like ports go you mm-hmm. just slap that shit in it's just like it's just supposed to read the data. It doesn't do anything crazy. So like Ethernet's super cheap. You could buy it. Uh, you could buy the highest possible end Ethernet port for probably like what fifty bucks online right now. Right. I'm gonna look it up. Ethernet port PC five hundred and ninety nine US dollars. Fifteen dollars. Okay, that's a little less than what I said. <laughs> <laughs> like all of them are fifteen dollars. It's super cheap to pull one of those in your console. You don't need anything I nuts to make they, it work. I hope they did it then. I just saw that some people freaking out because it's not very visible on the back of the unit. It could be on the side. We don't really know. We don't, wait, we don't even know. Are pictures of the back of the unit? There aren't any. As Is far there as not? No. I just heard people talking about no, it. No, there's I like no pictures of the back of the unit. You know what right. ports are on the back. Fair enough. This is irrelevant to the main discussion anyway. I'll tell you guaranteed what's going to be on the back of that console. Mm. This is going to be obviously an HDMI port, a display port yeah. for PSVR, mm. right? Oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Ethernet. They got to unveil the VR, too, at some point. Right, well, they, yeah. they... I mean, that Astrobot game they announced for the PS5 is a VR game. So, like... True. 
oh, right away they're gonna have VR support like on launch. And I'm they, assuming Resident Evil is gonna have it too. That's yeah. not confirmed yet, but I'm assuming. And they, if they use a lot of the engine technology from 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 uh, Seven, it, it's gonna work. I don't think there's a whole lot of reason it can't be like that. If right. It's first person. Well, I know a lot goes into making it a VR game too. But, but they already have all the technology for that. Like they could just go. Yeah. It's, it won't be anywhere near as difficult because they've already done most of the legwork. So anyway, well, what do you think about what the console actually looks like? Because I don't like it personally. I'm seeing a lot of debate on that. Yeah, Some people are dunking on it. Some people say it looks good. I love it. I don't. I think the horns are weird, dude. Yeah, I don't I want my console to have horns. Yeah, don't bring weird. Satan into my home. They are weird. That's cool. <laughs> I want something. I want something fucking weird, man. Looks like, like cell. Look at, I'm gonna look, look at, I have like a regular like fucking tower for my PC, and it just looks like a black box. Like, how many more black boxes do you want in your fucking house? One more PS Five. Like, that's boring. <laughs> that's boring. I like. I like. I would like rather a, see the uniqueness come from colors the console can come in colors that the controller can come in rather than the actual console itself having a weird deformity sticking off of it. I feel like it's just going to be not very useful in many ways. I just what's what's useful about like like hopefully actually this encourages people to not do stupid shit with their fucking consoles. Yeah. This, you could wrap it all the way around to this as an excuse where like people probably shouldn't be putting like anything on top of their console. As I say, as I have stuff no. on controllers on top of my computer, but like <laughs> you shouldn't put anything on top of any of your computing systems. It's not a good idea. That's it helps not it restricts really airflow. the reason why I don't like it. I I think it looks better standing up than it does sideways. Yeah, which is not good because like you want to have not it good sideways. Because you want to have it sideways. I right. guess if you have the non-disc unit, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, if you have the discless version, it doesn't matter at which all. Which that's a, a unique thing to note. Uh, I'm I'm kind of hyped that there's a discless version because hopefully it'll be a little bit cheaper. Uh, it's either going to be... We don't know yet for sure. Well, what, what's we've been seeing... Um, Sony There's one or two ways this can contest. go. Yeah. yeah, I mean this this was the eventual future anyway. Mm-hmm. Digital digital purchasing for games is so popular that like it makes sense that like you would encourage that kind of version. Not only is it cheaper because Sony doesn't have to put a fucking disc drive in it. Yes, but then also like it it caters to you know gamers not having to worry about that shit. So one or two ways this can go from what I've seen online is that we now know that the standard PS5 has only an 825-gig storage device on it. Yeah, okay. Which is not great. But it has expandable storage. It actually has a separate storage slot where you can put an SSD in. That's nice. Which least. is nice. Yeah. That's cool. Um, cool. They said right off the bat, like, yeah, there's expandable storages here, but you have to get an M.2 drive, and those cost money. Which is true. M.2 drives are expensive right now, but they're great. Mm. Um, now... The digital version either is going to be the same exact thing, but like between like fifty, seventy, a hundred dollars cheaper, or uh, there's a separate listing for a different PS5 variant that's been popping up, well, okay. like like placeholders for websites. Yeah. That is two terabytes. So now it the would rumor make is sense that the one without disk capability would have more storage. Right. So now yeah. the rumor is. Yeah, you can get you get the you can get the one you know, without a disk drive. It's the same price, but it comes with a whole terabyte more of storage. I don't know what I would prefer. I guess more storage. 
I still want to be able to use my discs is the thing that I'm worried about. It depends on if I can put PS4 discs in there and it works. It depends on the PS4 game, apparently. Yeah. So more information will probably be needed for me to make that choice, too, where, like, I have, like, I don't have a whole lot of physical PS4 games, but, like, I have every Yakuza game physical. And I can see how that might be important to you. Right, Justin. because I love those games, and I replay them, like, once every two years. And I would love to be able to just stick those suckers in my PS5 to get that those insane load times and shit using the M.2 drive than having to, like... Pull yeah. the PS4 back out again, you know? For me, it solely comes down to if one of them's cheaper, that's the Genhart option. Right. Because, like, I can't afford a $500, $600 console. It's looking closer to 600 599 US dollars. Will the meme return? I think that's why they're hesitant on releasing the price, like, well, announcing. Well, I think they're literally just waiting. Somebody, they're waiting for somebody to move. They're waiting for some, like, the old man to accidentally shoot the arrow first. You know what I mean? Like Sony and Microsoft. The guy firing the floppy arrow into Michael Fassbender in uh, X-Men. <laughs> which, which, one is, which one's that? Which <laughs> X-Men movie is that? Uh, Apocalypse. That yeah, was not... I was twice. referencing a better movie a little bit. Yeah, I know what like movie two you were towers, but like... But thanks but that for taking so, the high that road. That so fucking funny. <laughs> I think about that floppy arrow every day. What an embarrassing piece of shit. <laughs> um, God. Anyway... Well, we're going to have to review those movies at some point. Probably, yeah. X-Men would be a, a time. It, it'll show up at some point, I'd imagine. I, I think we're always going to have a superhero film on the list. Yeah, why not? Um, but anyway, uh, let's wrap up our PlayStation discussion. They showed a lot of games. Yeah, do you want what to are some things? I mean, or you could just talk about ones that you are interested in. Okay, yeah. I mean, one of the big ones, of course, is Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, I'm super down for more, that. More Insomniac Spider-Man, gimme, it's great. Yeah, and also I'm glad that Miles gets center spotlight. That's really fucking cool. Miles has been a cooler character than Peter Parker, like, across the board for the last, like, few years. Yeah, so it depends, but yeah. Uh, I genuinely like Miles a lot. Yeah, he's cool. Um, There's a lot of haters because black character. Oh, no. (laughs) Fuck those people. Um it's like I mean, genuinely, Spider Verse was my favorite movie of last decade as a whole. So I love Miles, dude. I liked him a little less in the game. I don't like that version of Miles nearly as much as the one in Spider Verse. But I'm still super down for it, and I'm super down for his character development to continue and hopefully uh, put him in a similar spot. Right. Um. <laughs> Couple more things I'm excited about. Um, obviously, the Demon Souls remake. It's got yeah, that's me. crazy. I got a chub. <laughs> like we were watching it together, like over, like doing a watch party thing on Discord. And uh, yeah, as soon as I started noticing imagery from Demon Souls, like I got a half chub and like sort of like I think that's Demon Souls. I think that's Demon Souls. That was me, but the Resident Evil Eight trailer. Right, same though. Um, dude, there's so many games. Though. I wish it didn't leak. Uh, yeah. because it did leak that the new Resident Evil was going to be called Village and yeah. like the iconography, uh, that's probably not the right word, whatever. The title is Village, but then the V-I-L-L would be the eight. Right. And that's entirely what they did with the trailer. But if I didn't know that beforehand, that would have been the hypest shit ever. Um, I wish I could have had even more, an even more hype moment because as soon as they showed Village, I was like, yeah, well, honestly, as soon as the trailer started, I was like, yeah, that's Resident Evil. Right. <laughs> Um, but it would have been cool to like actually not know. 
one game that I wasn't interested in when it was first announced, but this new trailer got me really hyped, was Deathloop. Yeah, Deathloop looks sick. So, yeah, Arcane Leon. Um, has a lot of Dishonored vibes. Yeah. A lot of, like, mimicked abilities and stuff. Uh, yeah, but game. I prefer this aesthetic. Well, yeah, this but it has, fucking like, that's, Grindhouse 70s yeah, movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, that awesome Grindhouse 70s movie aesthetic. And then it has this added element. And finally, the Arcane Lion came out and, like, explained how that shit's going to work, by the way. Yeah. I don't know if you knew about this. No. So, yeah, you'll be the single player in your game, right? Like, doing stuff. Yeah. And then other players invade you as that, as that other agent. Sick. So, like, you can choose, I guess, like, either in the menu or in your game or whatever to go out and search to invade other players. That's the multiplayer aspect to it. So either you could either have, like, other friends can do it, or, like, you can have, like, strangers just, like, invade your world and try to kill you. While that's cool, I hope there's an option to turn it off if you so desire. I'm sure there is. Because if, like, I'm not being able to beat the game, <laughs> that's a problem. Right. I'm sure they'll have some kind of... That there's... Game companies have been really invested in making sliders for everything lately, which is what I've wanted for, like, ten years. You know so, what? I bet it's like she's controlled by an AI unless you have it on that players can jump in and out. Right. Her. I bet that's what it is. Yeah. Similar thing to Resident Evil 6. Oh. <laughs> it probably wasn't the first game to do that. No, but it wasn't. But it's what, I'm, it's what I thought of in my head, in my Genhart brain, that only is occupied by Resident Evil and Tony Hawk. Yeah, there's a... <laughs> There's a couple more. I was actually interested in a lot of the games that were shown here, but I'm just going to shout out a couple more. Um, Ghostwire Tokyo looks fucking sick. Ghostwire Tokyo looks really cool. I'm kind of sad that... uh, uh, What's her name? She's not working on it anymore. Right. Girl that said it's spooky at E3. (laughs) Good shit. Oh, well. Um, I mean, I think it'll still be good. Yeah, Shinji Mikami's most two recent games, both Evil Within games, are awesome. Yeah, so and I like, mean, you know, he definitely has a bit of a pedigree. You know, yeah. he did make the best game of all time, Justin. I mean, sure. <laughs> I didn't know he made Super Metroid. No, I was referring to uh, Goof Troop. Oh, shit. <laughs> Fuck yeah, bro. <laughs> and, I just, and then uh, there, there's a bunch here, but I'm not going to shout out any more besides Bug Snacks, dude. Bug shout Snacks! Out, shout out to Bug Snacks. That's some weird shit. I'm into it. Hated Octodad Devs. They make some just weird, cool shit. I'm very excited Octodad's to see what that fun. is. Um, I, I also shout outs to that game called Stray, where you play as a kitty. Yeah, that looks cool too. That's cool. Um, and then oh, there are a couple no. other games that I don't care about. Like uh, I don't even remember the name of the Gearbox one. All I know is that Godfall. any video about the PlayStation event is getting flagged because of their trailer. That's fucked up. Thanks. Oh, there's a, there's a fucking... License song in it. Yeah, that shit's making really bad. Um, Sony's like... own video of the event got claimed on YouTube, I'm oh, pretty sure. Oh, my God. So that sucks ass. Thanks, Gearbox. Ting. <laughs> Sweet, Lord. But yeah, but yeah. Snacks. This, uh, this whole event was actually great. I, I had a lot of good reveals in it. It's certainly better than Xbox has been doing lately in terms of these video showcases. I'm hoping Xbox has a better one next month, a better showing than their previous one, which was just a lot of CGI trailers that didn't really tell me a whole lot. Granted, this was a lot of CGI trailers too, but the games looked a lot more interesting and there was a lot more hype moments like new Spider-Man, new Horizon. Like yeah. These things are important to help sell your brand and to help sell people on getting your console at all. Like, Microsoft needs Halo to show up. 
or they're fucking done. They don't need just Halo to show up. They need other IPs too, but for the longest time they haven't had them. Like so, like I don't know. Like Sony slammed their dick on the table with like eight like unique and cool looking games that are coming exclusively to PS5. Yeah, within like probably a year or two, and just Uh like slap their dick on the table. And if Microsoft doesn't respond in kind, we're once again looking at a situation with like, yeah, they could bolster their lineup with some cool cool third party shit. Uh, if if WB comes out with their Batman game swing in, I, I think that's when that, that happens, Harry but. Potter game that's been rumored for a while. Although you know, maybe Harry Potter's not the most popular of topics right now. I don't know. Hmm. I wonder why. Hmm. Death of the author. Hey, get him out of here. <laughs> get but, that bitch out of here. But yeah. Um. So this is a pretty long intro, but it's news. PS Five. Big news. I hope it's good. I don't want to spend six hundred dollars though, Papa Sony. Why? <laughs> I will. I will spend six hundred dollars probably to get it. I'm. I'm gonna get it either way. I usually. I. I enjoy getting Sony consoles right when they first come out. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff to fuck around with on them. Uh, PS4 was one of the weaker launches, like ever in their in their shit. PS4 had like yeah. Resogun, and then like that was it. A new kill zone. It wasn't that good. No, it was okay. <laughs> but it's, it's that was the, it was that was there. the game. I always pick one like big like first party ish game to get when I transition when I get a new console. And with PS4, it was Killzone Shadowfall, and it was okay. So I, I hope I, it's not that. I again. guess you're gonna have Spider Man as a launch title. I would have to guess. So and that's Astros at least Playroom. probably a good game. Astro's Playroom comes like with the PS5. Oh, that's cool. So that's dope. Right. I can put all my fucking. I can't wait to. It has clearly has stuff with the with like showing you how to use the dual sense controller too, mm. which is dope. But I also like I better be able to put my fucking VR headset on. If we're gonna have a gap year where games are still coming out on PS4, I'm gonna be chill and wait. Yeah, that's always yeah. how that works. Really hoping so. Yeah, that's always how that shit works. You'll yeah. have a gap year. There's always a gap year. Yeah. Especially with Microsoft's plan of just having the Xbox One still exist. And you could play games on both, although that'll probably cease eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that shit always ceases. Like, you know, but they're being a little more upfront about it than even Sony. Like, there's games coming out for PS5 that aren't going to exist on PS4, like Ratchet and Clank and stuff. Yeah, they don't know what's going to work or not. Yeah, so they're not going to talk about it until they figure it out. Right. Bug snacks. Bug snacks. Bless up on it. Bug. Motherfucking buddy. And by that, he means like three people. Welcome to the Get a Jump Show. We get more viewership than that. That's Gen. Hey, how's it going? I'm non-robotic Gen this week. Uh, I fought really hard to get a new actual body instead of a Discord body uh, this week. Um, I'm very happy about that. I like being corporeal instead of non-corporeal. He found the Necronomicon. (laughs) And I'm Jub. (laughs) That's him. We got a we got a Halloween we got a Halloween wow Halloween Halloween we're, we're I wish about Halloween this uh, Halloween three is trending on Twitter for uh, some reason makes me happy to see yeah absolutely yeah. love that movie uh, got a new Friday to talk about it's it's uh, and by new from 1988 right for this podcast <laughs> Friday seven 
Jason goes to Hollywood or whatever it's called. Uh, the New Blood. <laughs> yeah. Jason's Electric Boogaloo Beach Blanket Party. It's dumb, and I don't like it, but we're going to talk about that. It's later. another Friday movie. <laughs> That's my opinion. Not really. <laughs> it's well, you know what? You're right. But in terms of quality, it's another, it's Friday. another Friday movie. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about that. And I got some other connected uh, to the Friday universe things to talk about. But uh, first, let's talk about video game. Yeah, I need you. Um, as you know, yeah, you, you go ahead and start because I really just need you to talk to me about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. Do you need me to do it? Yeah, I want, I want to know. Like I've seen your videos on Twitter of like <laughs> like Tyler the Creator, uh, like his head exploded, dude. Wrecked, like yeah, just um, like fucking crashing and burning, like at, at the drop in that one dubstep song twice now, which is great. That Pusha T dubstep song, yeah, it's a pretty fire song actually. But now it's my nightmare because it means I crash in the game because it just happens. It just happens like every time. I don't right. know. That's something I've heard about that game. It's just like you just randomly like. Death. Oh, a little bit. Um. Okay. Well. Let me uh, let me go over my personal experience a little bit here. As far as like, so Tony came out the Tony Five yeah. <laughs> came out in like 2015, and I'm an I'm a huge fan of this franchise. So when it got announced, I was super fucking hyped. But at the time, I did not own a next gen console, so I was kind of like, eh, I'll play it eventually. And then the reviews dropped, and I said, oh. I'm going to play it never. <laughs> right. Uh, it was an extremely unpolished, basic, terrible game that had glitches galore. And it well-deserved got terrible reviews across the board. Earned them. <sighs> and I was like, okay. And then I eventually got a PS4. And I was like, okay. I still love this franchise, and I've played some bad ones, too, over the years. And it's one of the few that I've still yet to play in this franchise. I would give it a shot for cheap. So I just left it on the back burner and waited. And then, lo and behold, news story, just the following year, servers are getting shut down, kids. We The game was bad anyway, so nothing of value was lost. <laughs> but, like... I found it very weird because I they put out a patch in 2015, late, uh, that fixed some of the issues and added a couple skaters and levels as a, like, we're sorry. <laughs> they added Tyler, the creator, as a character. It's great, by the way. It yeah. sucks he's in a bad game. It, it does. It also sucks that, like, for some reason they didn't add a Tyler song. So there's no Tyler song in the game, but you can play as Tyler. And I'm like, why? They would have added, like, a Cherry Bomb song. So like- they could have added the title track from... Like, they could have added, uh... What's the... Death Camp? Yeah. That would have fit really well, actually. Yeah, it would work. Dun, 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 dun. It works as a Tony song, I think. The soundtrack for that game's kind of off <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that would have fit really well. But lo and behold, nah. Just Nah. I'm sure Tyler just signed somewhere. He's like, yeah, fuck it. I don't care. Put my golf logo everywhere. And they did. Uh, fuck yeah. And they added the Ninja Turtles. Uh, you can play as the Ninja Turtles. That's so cool. They look really out of place because they're cell shaded and nothing else in the game is. Oh, anyway. They took her straight from the fucking... Oh, no. <laughs> from another took, game, yeah. Yeah, they took I'm the models sure. from that, that terrible ass Ninja Turtles game that came out like... Uh, I think. That year. Um, oh, I haven't unlocked them yet, but you can play as the guy from King's Quest... 
uh, for some reason. Uh, from, I don't know. It's from the remake of it or the right. reboot of it. Yeah. That came out around the same time. That's a good game. Okay. I mean, I don't know why he's in it, but and I think you can unlock heads of like I don't know Ratchet and maybe like some other Sony properties to put on your terrible create a character if you do so desire. But anyway, so I was like, oh, so I guess I'm never playing this game because one of the big selling points of Tony Five was it's always online. You need to play it with an online connection because everyone skates around the levels and can do the goals freely, but you are all in like the same session and skating around. So like you're in like a lobby with like eight other people skating around is the idea. I don't know why they implemented this because there's not a whole lot of ways you can interact with other characters, like other people playing the game. Mainly you're just doing the story mode missions of your own free will. But be that as it may, they shut down the servers and that meant that you can't play the game. And I was like, huh, guess I'm never playing the game. But then, apparently, uh, they released another update. And this update allows you to play it without an internet connection. So I was like, oh, cool. Now maybe I'll actually be able to buy it. And I've been looking up Tony pretty frequently on the PS4 because I'm excited for the, the, the remake. Yeah. coming out and every time I look it up it was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 and uh, this CGI bad Tony Hawk movie from 2007 so, and that's neither of those are what I was looking for right but I was but I was tempted and I was like let me see how much Tony 5 is maybe it's on nope $60 no thank you and then eventually it wasn't there at all and I was like oh well that's weird <laughs> <laughs> so yeah sony actually delisted the game from its place so you can't buy the dlc either uh there's just a handful of dlc you can play as like a 80s version of tony hawk and a couple other dumb things but not anymore uh so now the only way you can get the game is via disc but if i'm pleased to note if you do want to play the game the servers are active you just can't buy the game <laughs> on digital storefronts. But you don't want to do that anyway because it's $60 still. Uh, you can get the game used at GameStop for like 30 I don't recommend that. I went to eBay and got it for like 12 bucks, Sick. And I've been playing it. And I gotta tell you, it's, it's, I was expecting it to be bad. And it's somehow worse. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm playing it in a bit more of a polished state than it was when it initially released. So, but I'm still aghast at how bare bones and bad it is. Uh, to really understand what they fucked up, uh, this is a game for PS4 and Xbox One. The previous gen had Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD for PS3 and 360. That's a digital-only game that's been delisted, by the way, so you really can't play that one. That's gone forever. Nothing of value was lost again, yeah. <laughs> and we're getting a better remake this year. Oh, dude, so um, Because HD was uh, a, a, a couple levels from 1 and 2, and like only a couple of the tracks from the music soundtracks of those games. And then they had an update that added some stuff from 3, because a lot of people complained that you couldn't fucking revert understandable right. 
Uh, thankfully, they're adding in stuff that was added in future releases in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 plus 2. Right. Uh, that's yeah. something that 5 sorely lacks, but was also lacking in HD because Tony Hawk 5 uses the same engine and some of the same character models of that game from last gen. And it's pretty fucking obvious to me, and I don't see people talk about it very much. Uh, it And the problem with that HD game and why I got a lot of flack when it came out is the game feel is not the same. The characters are weightier, and the physics are a little wonkier, and it doesn't feel like playing a classic Tony Hawk. It just feels off. So now, take that and put it in an original game with levels that this company who doesn't know how to make Tony Hawk games made, and the levels are bad and uninspired. Now you don't even have classic Tony levels to at least fall back on. Like, well, the game doesn't feel quite right, but at least I can skate in the mall. The mall's a great level. <laughs> School 2's a great level. But, like, now we have this, which is their own original levels, and they're all bad. Every last one. They're all like a basic idea of a Tony level. There's like there's like the first level is called the barracks. It's like the warehouse. There's a level called School Three. I get it. It's literally School Two. <laughs> it's the same level with a couple differences. It's almost plagiarism. There's a big staircase you can go down, and then the gym's on the left. And then there's some buildings on the right that you can get on top of. Also, it's the same, same. Oh fucking thing. The fact that they had the gall to call it School 3. <laughs> As if it was the next step is insulting. Um, and any original ideas they have on the formula are very terrible and not wanted. They added this mechanic called Slam, which if you hit triangle or Y, your guy slams the board down onto the ground. It's a way to get down from a high place and continue your combo on the ground. The problem fucking is, it's mapped to the same button that fucking grind is, so oh, no. a lot of the fucking time I'm doing a combo and having a good time, or as good as I can have with this fucking game, <laughs> and then, oops! I slammed instead of grinded, and now I'm on a rail that's lower than I wanted to be. Thanks. Hate it. They added in an option to let you double tap it, but that was way later, and it still happens a lot, because I'm hitting triangle a lot. You gotta grind on a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like the most hit button in the game. Right. <laughs> like, come on, man. There's other buttons! <laughs> Make it something else, please. Uh, and they added power-ups in some of the levels. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Um, one of them confused the fuck out of me because it makes your character really big. And it has no function whatsoever. It's just like, haha, look, he's really big. But there was some missions where I accidentally was hitting it. And then now my line is all fucked up because I am ginormous Tyler the Creator. <laughs> <laughs> dwarfing all the rails and I can't hit my lines as I would want to uh, the level I'm on right now is called rooftops I think it's like the fifth level of, of only seven by the way um, they added some levels later in the apology update which I don't know if they even have goals though 
And Rooftops has this power up you can get where you can hit X twice to Ollie and then Ollie again. It's a double jump. And it gives you like a bit of a moon physics boost. And the idea behind giving you that is you're jumping to and from rooftops in that level. Uh, doesn't feel great. It's very floaty and weird. It's like turning on moon physics in the old games, which was a cheat code and not part of the game. Right. It feels very unnatural to need to get a power up to get to areas of the level instead of actually just skating the level. I hate all of these things. But but I think the, the worst part about the game is its need to be always online, which you can ignore, but ignoring it is actually hard. So let me walk you through how to play Tony Hawk 5. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's no career. There's no free skate. It's all the same thing. You just go to play and select the level... And in theory, you will spawn in to a level populated with other skaters dicking around. I've seen one or two people. That's about it. <laughs> it's pretty dead. Right. Now, this is if you can get a room to populate at all. Because sometimes I'll hit X to start game. And it'll say failure to do so. And pop up a generic message saying, that, like, you know, check your internet connection. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's not my internet connection, guys. <laughs> pretty sure it's your servers only half, like, maybe they didn't mean to turn them back on. The janitor just did it late that night, one night. Who knows? Nobody really knows why they turned off and back on again. No one knows. <laughs> I've looked into it. And I have found very little information. Well, because nobody's probably talking about it. But they only can. half work. Uh, several times I've tried to get into a game and it doesn't work. Uh, my, my like bones want me to hit X just a bunch to spawn into the level I select, but really I can hit triangle and get into a private game. Now, in theory, this is only me in the game and nobody else. So it shouldn't even require the internet to connect me, right? No, it does. It does. Unless you're not connected to the internet. If you're on PS4, how do you disconnect from the internet? Oh, you uh, there's actually a setting you can hit. Where? Since you go into settings. Uh huh. You go into uh. You go into the internet tab. At the very top of it, you, it says connect to the internet. You can just uncheck it. Oh, okay. Which well, that's easier than what I thought you had to do, which was plug unplug the Ethernet cable. <laughs> <laughs> and don't set up the internet for wireless. Right. No, you don't have to do that. <laughs> well, either way, it's pretty obnoxious that I can't just spawn in unconnected to the internet, even though I am connected to the internet. It, do you understand what I yeah. mean? At yeah, least, it's obnoxious. Like, the fact that I have to deconnect from the internet to function in the game in single player it's is pretty really obnoxious. It's really bad. Because if you are connected to the internet and you try to spawn in a solo session, sometimes it doesn't work. And sometimes, after you're done with a goal, and you hit return to free skate, because that's what you have to do at the end of every single mission, it fucks up and loads forever. Meaning oh, you have to close the game and try again. Which means you have to sit through a couple loading screens again to spawn in. Or not. Maybe it won't work. <laughs> so, that's the worst part of the game, is that it doesn't even work. <laughs> I think that's a pretty bad... And then on top of that, it's the most uninspired, bland Tony Hawk game I have ever played in my life. 
The most fun I've had with the game is ignoring the goals and just skating the levels. As as bland as they are, there's still something fun about getting a big combo going. Can't nearly do it as well as I could in the underground games or even something like Pro Skater 4 because that let you tap into other tricks. Like, while you're manualing, you can hit buttons and do tricks. While you're grinding, you can hit buttons and change your grind to a different grind. Not anymore! Oh, God. And I that genuinely makes it feel more like Tony Prox's Pro Skater 3. But I don't want it to feel like... like there's, it's it's hard game. to go back. Be, I want it to line. feel like the ones that I remember. Right. And I think that they're making it feel like that for the Pro Skater 1 plus 2. Because they know that people are going to just do that yeah, by apparently default. it's going to feel like 4, is what they're saying. I'm genuinely cool with that. That's what I want. It's really hard to pull off some of the combos they're asking you for without that, by the way. There was a pro goal in the first level asking me to get 750,000 points. And that's not that bad. Unless you're very limited <laughs> in your trick output, which you are. And then the goals are very bad and repeated. There's always a mission where your head is about to explode, so you better keep doing tricks and then land it, and then it your head meter will go down. Yeah, that's right. And hey. <laughs> if it gets to 100, your head explode. You come. Yeah. <laughs> there's always a mission where it's like, there's a bunch of big-ass beach balls in the pool. Better knock them out of the pool. And I'm like, this doesn't even utilize the game. <laughs> You're just bumping into things. Uh, every level has skate letters and combo letters and a couple little just like window dressing goals. And then there's like floating ones. Like, like It's like they couldn't decide what kind of Tony game to make. They couldn't decide whether to make the classic two-minute timer one or the skate over to somebody and talk to them kind. So they kind of just made a mishmash nightmare game, Ugh. and it doesn't work very well. It There's been multiple times where I've had to look up how to do a goal at all, because it'll say something like, uh, <laughs> score a giant fucking combo while going off of this ramp. And I'm like, how do I score 200,000 points off of a ramp? And then it ends up that you have to land in a grind, and then you could do a combo. But, like, it didn't tell me that. I had to look up to know to do that. That's annoying. That's super annoying, and it's happened on, like, every other goal. I've had to go, like, what? And, and look up how to do something. I haven't had to look up a guide for a Tony game ever. Well, usually <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. I've had to look up the collectibles because they get really weird because they don't, like, pop on the map as well. They're relatively Ugh. hidden, and they don't stick out all the time. Uh, like, I was trying to find bells in the school level to wall ride, and <sighs> they hit them well. But it was really hard to see them, is my problem. Um, anyway, I don't recommend that game, but I'm still playing it. <laughs> of course you are. I, I have Genway. to beat every Tony game. It's it's my thing. It's the Genway. I, I am still having fun in in a very casual sense of the word. Because <laughs> I like Tony games enough that I will still torture myself with this one even. It's still Tony, but it's like... It's like watered-down Tony. 
It's just water. <laughs> you. <laughs> Speaking of beating games. Uh-huh. I'm not going to beat a game. What are you not beating? Prey. Oh, that's sad. Is it not good? Oh, God. Okay, this is difficult. So, as I was talking about last week, I've been playing through it, and I like it, but... But... It's got, like, a few, like, really glaring issues that just kind of make me bored and not want to finish it. And not want to spend my time with it. I've been trying to play through the game. I ended up playing it for about like 20 minutes. Turning it off and doing something more exciting. Okay. Prey has a gigantic issue. And I was worried that this was going to happen because of the issue with enemy variety. And it's power creep. Oh. So, in a lot of similar games to Prey. Like, let's let's think of your, like your system shocks, Bioshocks. Is really similar to the way prey works. Bug snacks. Bug snacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In those games, you uh, they do a really good job of, ma- of like making you able to overpower certain enemies fairly quickly. Where you're gonna get these like these smaller enemies to start, and you're gonna you're gonna you know struggle with them at first, but then eventually like learn to and get the ability to just like beat the hell out of them. Yeah. Pretty well, like all the all the different abilities you unlock in Bioshock, and like in in System Shock, you get like you get more new weapons and more psyop abilities, and like you get just more powerful in general. Mm-hmm. Because Prey only has like four different enemies in the entire game, it cannot let uh... you get more powerful than them. So what it opts hmm. to do instead is give you a variety of guns and abilities that. Like just make you approach things differently rather than more strong. So you don't like necessarily become more powerful, you just have more options. Okay. Which is an interesting way to do it. But it gets really annoying when I'm like halfway through the game and I see the same like one of those goop creatures that like stands up and shoots things at you and I like have trouble killing it for like the 12th time because I don't have like anything powerful to use against it I just have different options I can use against it but it doesn't turn things that heavily into my favor at any point Mm. so your options in the game become do something creative to kill this guy which is fun right or avoid them altogether which is not fun. Because if you just, like, spend your entire game avoiding combat, all that's left for you in the game is just going to these different sects of the space station and just, like, reading logs. That's fun. Is the lore not exciting? It's interesting, but it's also incredibly vague. Oh. Which is boring. Yeah... Prey doesn't do a great job of explaining to you exactly what's happening. At least at the halfway point of the game. Is it trying to be aloof a little bit? Yeah. And like maybe it's I got the I got the vibe that its story is a little like mystery boxy. It is. It's 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 designed to like keep you like guessing shit. Yeah, so they're not gonna have like the lore dump that explains what the fuck's going on. Yeah, I at least wanted to learn like exactly what's happening in like good increments. Mm -hmm. But the game does a really great job of asking you more questions than it answers 
at least at the halfway point of the game, which is where I'm at. Okay. I visited like multiple different sectors of this of this place, and like there's some cool variety in it. Um, you get to go out into space, which is fun. Then you get to go to zero gravity zones, and like you you could like exit the space station real quick to like wrap around shit. Yeah, that's okay. cool. You do zero G stuff, but it doesn't like expand too much onto the gameplay. And then you just kind of end up with like you doing the same thing a slightly different way for the entire game. And oh, I man. can't. And that might be fun for some people. Yeah. We're like, okay, well, like now that I got like, like yeah, before I just had like the goop gun and like I was just able to you know <laughs> the goop like gun. have some weird like Shoot little side abilities, but now I can like throw stuff and I can like you know and I have all these different powers, but none of them are like incredibly effective, hmm. which sucks because then at no point in the game do you feel effective. Well, that kind of sucks. Yeah. I was hoping there would be a cool power creep in that game as you add powers to yourself. Right. I was. That's what I was hoping for. I was hoping, like, like really similarly in, like, Control, right? Where, like, yeah. you get... Because they had, like, sort of a similar thing where, like, you're you're unlocking all these cool, like, psi powers and shit. Yeah. So, like... Well, I, I can definitely tell you that it enhances the game and lets you deal with shit better. Yeah. Like, there's a part... I don't want to ever go back and play that game because I won't be able to fly at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> right. After I learned how to fly, I was like, this is it, baby. Floating over guys and shooting them is way more fun than hiding behind shit and shooting them. I'll tell you that much. Because oh, like, you feel like actually super powered at the end of that game and it's fucking lit. Um, yeah, like if, if I'm playing Prey and I wanted to restart it, I'll be like, oh, no, I don't have the goop gun anymore. Yeah. But at least I can just, I don't know, I'm going to do what I did anyway and just like hit the guys with the crowbar, with the wrench. Oh, the crowbar? Right. I will say crowbar. I was thinking about Half-Life. Mr. Freeman? I was thinking about Half-Life because like, once again, kind of a little bit similar in concept with a way better power creep. Okay. Um, but Half-Life does it by giving you like a bunch of fucking awesome weapons. Yeah. Which, like Prey has like a huge toolbar and like there's so much shit I still didn't even unlock where I was at in the game. It's huge. There's a huge, like, weapon Well, then wheel. maybe there's still some uh, cool stuff that yeah, makes you more powerful. I might try to press through it, but, like, man, if I'm halfway through this game and I can only play it in 20-minute bursts and I get bored, like, am I really going to want to spend good. the energy to finish it? I could play something different, you yeah, know? Yeah, understandable. And I'm, I'm super bummed out about that because I was, I was actually kind of excited to finally pick up and play this game. It's right up my alley. I'm yeah. such a big, especially, like, System Shock. Which is like I, mean, I tout System Shock Two all the time as being one of the best games ever, yeah. and like, and I was hoping that like Prey had a lot of like those cool like horror elements that System Shock Two has, and it really doesn't. It tries to be like, right. it tries to just be incredibly cerebral all the time, uh, and like, uh, well, it's either incredibly cerebral or nothing's happening and nothing in between. You gotta have a little brevity. You can't just be cerebral. That's gonna be obnoxious, I think. That's what it spends a lot of the time yeah. being that. And when it's not cerebral, just literally nothing's going on. Oh, that's kind of So you're sucks. just like... Right. So if, if it's not like fucking with your brain, you're just like, I don't know, let's go pick up this key card from this guy while avoiding the goop monsters because it's a Ooh. pain in the ass to fight them, so why would I fight them when I could just avoid them? And then just... <sighs> you, you want enemies to be fun to kill. So that it's not, like, entirely just a headache to kill the enemies. Right. And, then would, and like, they would do a great job of breaking that up more if there was more variety. But, like, there's... Yeah. Th I've only seen four different types of enemies. 
and I'm halfway through the game. Four? That's kind of disappointing. Four. Yeah. Like, nothing more unique past that. It doesn't even give it to me in, like, different, like, amounts. It's just, like, here's between one and three of the little guys. Huh, that one turned into a chair. Great. All right. <laughs> and then, and then the, the bigger guys who, like, clomp around and make loud noises, and they shoot shit at you. It's like, great. You're just big. You're just goop. There's nothing, like, definable about you. Thank you. And then... You get a big, powerful one. Big guy was like slam the shit out of you. Great, but they're all goop. Thank you. They're all goop. It, every enemy in this game is just like goop. Is it like the moldy boys from RE Seven? Yeah, except like RE Seven had like, well, it had big distinct, set piece moments to break it up. Like, right, and big, yeah. very distinct, cool characters yeah. for you to fight. Yeah, the prey doesn't have that. It wasn't just killing the same molded enemies over and over and over again. Right, because your yeah. your main enemies in prey aren't like they're people. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing cool about them. They're just fucking with you. Oh, okay. So, like... Well... It, it, right. it lacks in variety. Like, enemy variety. It has plenty of variety in the things you can do, but none of them feel particularly awesome to do. They're just kind of neat. I was like, oh, I shot, like, all these fucking, like, ice balls at this thing, and it froze him, and I could just hit him with the hammer, and he breaks in a million pieces. That's cool. Wait, how many shots does it take to kill the big guy? Two clips? No thanks. I'm not gonna do that shit. And then I just like walk past him. <laughs> oh, so like it's oh. disappointing. It's kind of funny that both of the games we had to talk about were ones that we didn't enjoy, but we have different play styles. I'm even say that I didn't enjoy Prey. I enjoyed like most of the You're time. You're annoyed I spend by with it, it, yeah. And I'm annoyed by Tony Five. But my response is to power through it, and I'm still gonna plat it. Right. And your response is probably the more sane one. Which is to just not play it if you're not. Right. I'm gonna put it, it down. And instead of like going to the next thing in my backlog, which is gonna probably be uh, Nino Kuni two, um, I'm instead going to reinstall and play through The Last of Us because hey. Part Two is coming out next week, and I want to have uh, all that shit because the last time I played that game was in 2013. So I want to have oh, that okay. shit fresh in my brain. When it came out. Yeah. Fair enough. Because it probably picks up like immediately after. So it looks like it's a few years. But close enough, yeah, because Ellie's older, yeah. so it's got to be like at least a few years less time than it actually was between sequels. Well, I guarantee you, it wasn't seven yeah. years later, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, I'm very excited, I'm very, very excited for The Last of Us 2. So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play through the first game. I'll probably, I'll probably talk about my experience revisiting that next week, cool. Because, like, b- when we record next week, I'll like just started playing The Last of Us 2, so I won't have like much to say about it. But probably the week after, I'll, I'll, knowing me, I'll, I'll how engaged. If I get super engaged into a game, I beat it quick. So I'll probably, if that game is really engaging, I'll, I'll have that shit beat before the week after. Okay. Well, before we get into our main Friday thing, I'd like to talk about a couple things briefly. Yeah, sure. That are Friday related. Okay. Um. You know, while you're doing that, I forgot. I gotta. I'm gonna pull up the movie. So let me. Oh yeah. Go to it. You have been doing that, and I haven't been present. Yeah, I mean, uh, I have the computer right in front of me. It's literally in between us. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to. Pull you, that shit up. me, and this brick wall you've built between us. Goodbye, Genhart. I'm gonna pull my monitor up so I can't see him. Oh. Look how high this thing goes up, dude. Isn't Damn, dude. What the fuck? I love this monitor. Tear down the wall. I can only see the top of his hair. <laughs> There is a lot of it. Oh no, I'm crunching. Uh, you could probably still see my entire personality just from my hair shaking. Hey. <laughs> All right. So um, 
in looking up stuff for Friday the 13th, I came across the fact that uh, there's a gap year between sequels here. Part 6 releasing in 1986 and Part 7 releasing in 1988. Um, so I was kind of curious what the hell was going on in between that. And, uh, well, as far as the film side goes, I'll explain that in a bit. But it seems that in the downtime there... They developed a TV show that I didn't know existed called no. Friday the 13th, The Series. Yeah, I didn't know it existed either until you told me about it. So, it's really weird. Um, it's not at all like the Nightmare on Elm Street TV show, Freddy's Nightmares, if you, if you remember that at all. That was a Tales from the Crypt-esque show where instead of like the Crypt Keeper announcing each story it would be freddy and he would only be in like some of the episodes he wouldn't be in all of them but he would introduce each one so it was like okay well it's at least related it's freddy telling you a story i get it this has nothing to do with jason Voorhees or the lore of the movies at all and to the point where i was like is this even related is it called is it part of the license of Friday the 13th, or does it just share the name? But no, producer Frank Mancuso Jr., who we I've name-dropped several times here. Right, he's a uh, big guy. Uh, and you. even some of the episodes are uh, directed by Tom McLaughlin, who directed Part 6. Uh, this was genuinely actually made by Paramount, and they gave it the Friday the 13th name, but it is an entirely separate thing with nothing to do with Jason Voorhees. It's like the Halloween 3 of the franchise, except a TV show instead. Maybe it pissed less people off that way. But I don't know. Um, so this ran for three seasons, from 1987 to 1990. And it got cancelled pretty unceremoniously with none of its plot lines wrapped up. Lit. <laughs> That's how it goes sometimes. Uh, but there was about 70 episodes. So I was curious, what the fuck even is it? So I was like, I'm going to watch a couple episodes of it and see what it even is. And I watched the first two. I went to YouTube to do this because it is not available anywhere else. It, it looked like it was on Amazon Prime Video, but it's not anymore. Don't know why. Uh, maybe she just gets removed from there all the time. Well, I'm assuming the rights to it are a little weird and wonky because it is named Friday the 13th, and the rights to Friday the 13th are a little weird now. But it also has nothing to do with characters created by um, what's his name who wrote Part One. <laughs> so like, Boy. he has no like grounds to own this, which has nothing to do with it. But maybe he does because it was made by the same people and it was named it? I don't know. Um, I genuinely think they just named it Friday the 13th to capitalize on the fact that they owned the name and to trick people into watching their show that they were making. So maybe there was people going like, hey, horror show, Friday the 13th, gotta have Jason, doesn't have Jason in it. I can't believe I was tricked. And then it got canceled after three seasons. Who would have guessed? Uh... <laughs> But what I found surprised me, because um, it's actually kind of fun. 
It is not a good show. <laughs> Much like this franchise has been so far. It's not like a little bit. Good. Um, but it definitely has potential and there's probably good episodes here and there. It's a very loose concept that lets it have a lot of different stories be told. So basically it is kind of a show like Tales from the Crypt or Twilight Zone or whatever, where just like every episode is kind of its own thing. But this has the advantage of having consistent characters. So there are two cousins, uh, Mickey and Ryan, and they inherit an antique shop owned by their uncle. Their uncle dies, so they get this antique shop. And lo and behold, they find out that he uh, has secretly been dealing in cursed artifacts, and he sold a bunch of them, and they find his like manifest of everything he's ever sold, and they feel it is their personal responsibility to uh, search the globe and get back all of these cursed objects because they have probably fallen into some shady hands over the years and they do this with the, their assistant uh, former friend of their uncle uh, Jack Marshak I believe is his name like an older guy uh, and their dynamic is pretty obvious the you know Mickey is a bit more serious and uh, doesn't enjoy this at all. <laughs> and then Ryan is a bit of a jokester, a bit of a uh, misogynist a little bit. <laughs> um, and uh, generally kind of like wants to own the antique shop, but like, you know, Mickey doesn't want anything to do with it. Um, and then Jack Marshak's just your like, you know, uh, guy that actually knows what he's talking about with the mystical supernatural stuff because you need some kind of like glue to have everything happen you know because these dweebs aren't gonna know what the fuck's going on <laughs> so, um so the first episode deals with a cursed doll evil little doll it talks and tries to kill people oh, and it's annabelle oh no yeah well pre-annabelle for sure um it was very cheesy but funny um there's some gore in this show Surprised for 80s television. Yeah, I thought the same. Um, like, the doll, like, reaches out at this dude and cuts a dude's throat. And I was like, oh, shit. Uh, the effects are bad. And oh, yeah. unfortunately, I was watching it in ultra-compressed YouTube vision. Uh, somebody just uploaded it from a direct recording Ooh, from yeah. the Scream Network, which I didn't even know was a thing. Yeah, it was a thing. Uh, <laughs> and, uh... It was the first episode was okay. I liked the second episode a little more. Um, they're going after another cursed object with it, which is a uh, quill pen that is uh, owned by an evil monk at a monastery, uh, or more like a priest, I should say. And he's it's basically like the death note. He's using it to write like predictions and he kills people with them uh, with his ulterior motive being to sell the uh, monastery and get money from some corporation or whatever. Um, eventually they catch him, of course. This has one of the best one liners I've ever heard in my life. Uh, it's fucking CSI Miami tier. Put on the glasses. Play the Who song. Uh, <laughs> it oh was. My God. It was hysterical. I had to pause the video and stop. So, <laughs> uh, there's a part where the bad guy holds a gun on the good guy, old Jack. 
he's holding a gun on him, and the good guy like was trying to like look in his study for the pen. Then he gets caught under the desk and he's getting a gun hold to his head. And Jack says, I thought you were meditating. And the bad guy says, I was. He cocks the gun. Pre-meditating. Yeah! Oh, it was hilarious and then he fucks up and like he just writes down in the prediction that justice will be served or something and then just like god kills him with a fucking guillotine it was lit <laughs> like like not like the thing comes down and cuts his head off like it disconnects from the guillotine the blade and chases him around it was hilarious, and the effects were out of this world terrible. Right. Um, it's a lot of fun, and it looks like there's some maybe hidden gems in there. There's an episode directed by David Cronenberg. Holy I will shit. check that out, because how the fuck? And I believe a couple cast members from this we will see later in our show, not in, like, when we eventually watch, I think, part eight and part nine. They show up. Okay. So they were definitely associated and aware of each other. It wasn't like some kind of <laughs> like lawsuit incoming. It was all owned by the same thing and right. above board. But it's so weird that it exists at all. Like imagine if there was two Nightmare on Elm Streets and one had nothing to do with Freddy Krueger, but it was just called that. That's weird. That doesn't make any sense, yeah. right? Neither of them technically have to be called Friday the 13th. <laughs> Fuck, half of the ones we watched didn't even happen on Friday yeah, the 13th. Yeah, but like, you get such a... This, this is the thing that like got really people The concept weird. of a curse, I suppose. Yeah, it's also like strange. It's the same way that people got like weirded out by Halloween 3. It's that... Friday the 13th has a name has like a character attached to its name now it's too late it's too late to do anything different with it yeah so when somebody goes and does something different with it it's weird yeah well I don't necessarily shy away from them being doing something different though well, like yeah. that's kind of why I was interested in this because like maybe it will be like Halloween 3 and actually lo and behold it's like the best sequel <laughs> right in in the sense that it's not a sequel and it's a wholly original film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I digress. Uh, I will check out a couple more episodes of that. Just probably random ones here and there. I'll see which ones have a lot of views on YouTube. <laughs> I'll see which ones uh, I can track down that were maybe directed by uh, Tom McLaughlin. Because I really did like Part 6 a lot. Yep. So maybe some of his other directorial efforts are actually good. He might bring it a sense of camp that I like. Because right. he did that with part six. Yeah. Um, now, I'm going to talk about a Friday the 13th thing I didn't like. Which was the comic that I'm reading this week, or I read this week. Um, last week I talked about one that I kind of liked. Friday the 13th, the, the abuser and the abused. And it's because it had good artwork. And, um, I mean, the story was pretty basic, but it wasn't anything that, like, made me mad. Yeah. This one's quite the opposite. I don't like the artwork or the story or anything about it, really. Um, this is Friday the 13th Bloodbath. That's a terrible name. <laughs> I hate it. 
it's a generic title and like you could call any friday the 13th thing friday the 13th bloodbath yeah it's, it's it doesn't boring. tell you anything about anything it's boring it's like a generic like colon resurrection you know <laughs> <coughs> oh excuse me okay stop dying corona just kidding. You don't bring Corona into this household. You are unallowed. It's illegal. That's fair. Speaking of illegal, this comic should be illegal. Got it. Transition. Nailed it. Ooh. So, just just so you know who to be mad at, written by <laughs> Brian Poldo, drawn by Mike Wolfer. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It might not be entirely their fault. Who knows? Um... I'm sure that, like, it's hard to write a Friday the 13th story, especially in the year, uh, this came out in 2005. Like, so many ideas have been played out and done before, and it's hard to come up with something original, I'm sure. And also appease, like, fan bases that this is going to be your target audience, is people that are just obsessed with Jason and shit. Right. So... Our story here is much like every Friday the 13th thing. Camp Crystal Lake is reopening again. Hey. And there's a bunch of new teens ready to go. Learn be camp counselors like in Friday 2. There's this shady fella who has invited them all here. And he's like, hey guys, you'll learn how to do stuff and work to get the camp set up tomorrow. For us for tonight, we got a bunch of alcohol. We got a hot tub. Why don't y'all crazy kids just hang out and have some fun? And then these dumb teenagers are like, fuck yeah, dude. And they immediately start doing the Friday the 13th thing to do, which is... Just fuck. (laughs) Now, a couple of them start to have a couple questions. By the way, every girl is drawn obnoxiously. Uh, Big titty, big butt. Prevalent boobies. Lots of nudity in this comic and gore. Uh, You could tell they were like, hell yeah, Friday the 13th. (laughs) Let's get some boobies and gore. Some of the kids start to question this scenario. They realize that they're all orphans. They all have no family to speak of. Uh, Basically, it means if they were to be killed, uh, there would be no one asking any questions, eh? Hmm. Suspicious? Ah, fuck it. It's probably just our imagination. Let's fucking fuck. (laughs) But then, hey... Guess, guess who it is, everybody? It's Jason Voorhees. He's here, and he doesn't look that great. He has maybe a little too much skin showing. The mask is a little tiny. He doesn't look that great. The artist doesn't draw a good Jason, is what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> he starts killing him off. Wow. Shocker. But here's the big old twist. Our shady guy in charge of Camp Crystal Lake is actually a government agent, and he has invited all these kids here on purpose so that they are killed by Jason Voorhees. They are bait because he works for an agency of some sort, some dumb government agency that is unnamed, that is trying to capture 
Jason Voorhees. Uh, it's very vague, the reason why they want to do this. I assume blah, 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 the medical and military applications are uncountable. Uh, your standard kind of thing for this plot. Uh, so some of the people put it together and are suspicious and they run into Jason and they get away and then they're like, what the fuck's going on? We got to get out of here. But then they can't because government is here. And uh, it gets down to like a lot of them dying and they're trying to get away and the government captures Jason and uh, fucking liquid nitrogen freezes him. And then now they're trying to hunt down our last two remaining survivors, literally just with guns. And I'm like, that's not even exciting or fun. No. <laughs> um, of course, Jason gets out and then kills a shitload of military dudes. Fuck them. Uh, and, um, our, our two heroes escape purple haired lady and dumb man. Uh, they're very much alike. There's several cringy moments where like, like all these characters like feel like they were like handpicked and meant for each other, meant to hook up, I guess, I guess to attract Jason to disrupt their fucking with a machete. Um, and our two main, like, last characters, our final girl and guy, uh, talk about how they like comics three or four times. And, like, the girl goes out of her way to go, yeah, I'm, like, the biggest Neil Gaiman fan ever. Sandman's the best comic ever made. And I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> Oh, God. Neil Gaiman's not reading this, bro. He's not reading Friday the 13th Bloodlines, no. bro. He's not impressed, senpai. <laughs> oh, sweet lord. It was very confusing. Um, They get away, but then, uh-oh, military man's in the back of their car, and he shoots them. Except it only looks like he shot them, because he didn't, and they shot him. And it doesn't really look like that's what happened, but when it cuts back to them, that's what happened. And then Jason kills, like, some hunters, and he's still on the loose. The end. It sucked. <laughs> I guess the... The idea, the concept of an evil organization trying to, like, capture and use Jason isn't terrible, but it was done in such a slapdash, terrible way that I, I just hated it. I hated every moment reading it. The most insulting part was uh, our couples that are paired off at the beginning. Um, two of them are lesbians, and... At first, I was like, you know, before I actually got more than four pages into it, I was like, cool, gay representation. That's not necessarily something you see in a lot of things. Right. Much, much less Friday the 13th. But then it became really apparent that it wasn't really gay representation, but rather just your standard male titillation that, like, these two hot girls are gonna make out, dude, and be totally naked with each other. Whoa, dude, that's hot. And I hated it. <laughs> it was so generic and bad. Um, and then they had the gall to insult me even further with one of the lesbians, her last words before Jason strikes her down 
are mom i'm sorry and i don't know what that's implying necessarily but it's right after she was done making out with a girl are you passing judgment on the gays comic book because i didn't fucking ask for your opinion about that friday the 13th bloodbath fuck off forever comic later i give it like a three out of ten <laughs> Is that too high? I don't know. I didn't like it. Three out of ten. You read it. <laughs> Doesn't sound great. I'm going to give it one point for liquid nitrogen, Jason. Yeah, that's pretty great. It was funny looking. I'm going to give it another point for uh, a couple of the kills were all right. And Okay, I'll give it two out of ten. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I think that's fair. Uh, next week, I'm hopefully reading a much better Friday the 13th comic. I'm kind of pissed that one of the ones I chose to read was this one, because I thought the concept sounded cool. Little did I know, it was uh, executed in the worst way possible. Next week, I'm going to be looking at Friday the 13th, How I Spent My Summer Vacation. This is a two-issue miniseries written by the one and only Jason Aaron, who is actually a good writer. Works for Marvel Comics, wrote some kick-ass Thor, wrote some kick-ass Punisher. I'm kind of excited to read that one. I hope it's a unique take. It looks like it's about a little kid hanging out with Jason. Oh. Hype, dude. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, ready? Now we can talk about actually the movie we watched, speaking of Jason Voorheesel. Yeah, it's Friday the 13th, part VII. <laughs> Seven. Yeah. The New Blood. Also known as Carrie versus Jason. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. Psychic powers, dude. Whoa. Can I just like put this out front and be like that that's lame? <laughs> like it's really lame. You are correct, but I think what they did with it was fun in the last half hour and that's it. Barely Honestly, if hour, like. if this movie was missing the last half hour, half hour, uh, it would not be nearly as good. I may even rank it lower than part 1. But that last half hour does a lot. For this movie. I mean, it's fun. It's really cool. But, like, man, you have to slog through over an hour of garbage before you get to it. I was laughing, though. Because it is delivered with some very poor acting, even for this series. And uh, some hilarious writing and moments, as always. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Friday the 13th, 7 was released in May of 1988, two years after Part 6. Now, besides making Friday the 13th the series, uh, why is there this gap year when Paramount was so gung-ho about uh, bringing back Jason and continuing their franchise and resuming their film-every-year quota? Um, well, mainly because this was Plan B, Justin. <laughs> you know what Plan A was? What? Freddy versus Jason. Oh, shit. Okay. It didn't fucking happen. Um, so, meanwhile, also in the 80s, Nightmare on Elm Street is happening. <sighs> Nightmare's doing very well for itself. I'm going to give you a bit of an idea of how much those movies are making. The first film grossed $57 million, The second one, $30 million, And the third one, released the year prior to Friday 7, 
uh, grossed $44 million. Now you compare this to the Friday films, which are making about half as much at this current point in time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think part five made like $22 million. Part six made like 19, and uh, spoiler alert, this one made about that. So I could kind of understand why Paramount is like, hey, New Line Cinema, please. <laughs> yeah. Let's do this. We'll all make money, but mostly people will come to see Freddy because that's the hit one right now. Like, for whatever reason, like, just I guess Jason wasn't as popular as Freddy Krueger, at least the initial Freddy Krueger. Because make no mistake, the Nightmare films do eventually start making just 19 million, just 16 million. But those initial three movies were hits because, you know, I can understand why, though. I think Nightmare 3 is better than a lot. (laughs) <laughs> of these Friday movies. Nightmare 2 isn't. But <laughs> what can you do? And then Nightmare 1 is genuinely a fantastic horror movie. Um, but the two companies couldn't really agree on the specifics. And the 80s were robbed of the crossover they deserved. Yeah. It's kind of a shame that like it took them another... 20 fucking years to get Freddy versus Jason together because the time it would be the most marketable and relevant would have been the 80s, but it took them until like 2003. But anyway, we'll get back to Freddy versus Jason in a few weeks. So what do you do now? Uh, I don't know. Let's just find out. (laughs) So another idea for a film was, uh, Kind of one I like, actually. It was going to be basically Jaws. Uh, a corrupt land developer buys up Camp Crystal Lake with the idea to just build some fucking cushy condos on that motherfucker, Lakeside Resorts. And uh, oops, Jason's there. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I kind of would have digged that idea. It, like, this anti corporate fucking film would have been sick. Just Jason killing a bunch of cushy white execs. But then, lo and <laughs> maybe that's why the cushy white execs didn't okay the film at Paramount. <laughs> maybe that's why. <laughs> I just put together why this movie didn't happen in my head. It makes sense now when I think about it. So anyway, uh, the screenwriter of this movie, uh, Daryl Haney, proposed the following. Quote, There's always a teenage girl who's left to battle Jason by herself, What if the girl had telekinetic powers? (laughs) Uh, So, Barbara Sachs, who who was a associate producer, she previously pitched the the Jaws idea that nobody liked. She loved this idea, this Jason versus Carrie concept. As screenwriter Haney tells it, quote, she wanted it to be unlike any other Friday the 13th movie. She wanted it to win an Academy Award. That's fucking hilarious. Uh, (laughs) None of these are going to win an award. That's not the kind of movie you're making. No. Horror is already shunned by the Academy. You think fucking Friday the 13th is going to get recognition? Absolutely not. Not even for effects, and it probably deserved it a couple times, but hey. So, this film was written by Daryl Haney and Manuel Fidello. 
Uh, Daryl Haney was a novelist. Manuel was a nobody. And I think the reason that Manuel was involved is Daryl Haney got fired because he asked for more money or something. Uh, so then they hired a nobody man to fill in the gaps. <laughs> and it kind of feels like that a little bit. But that's pretty par for the course for Friday at this point. Our director is John Carl Buckler. I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's got the weird B-U-E-C-H-L-E-R. What do you think? How do you pronounce that? I... Buckler. Sure. (laughs) That's it. That's the one. (laughs) What was the name of the the lady from Young Frankenstein? Bluka. And then the horse would winning. Right. That's what I'm going to (laughs) do. So this guy is usually a special effects man and not necessarily a big name director man. Uh, But he did direct such absolute hits as Troll, Troll 1, not Troll 2. So it wasn't that bad, but still. And uh, the classic film, I believe it's in the Criterion Collection, uh, Ghoulies 3, Ghoulies Go to College, smash hit, <laughs> nominated for 15 Academy Awards. It won the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, so I bring this up because the producers stated that they wanted this movie to be a higher class than the others they with a big name director but they settled for the ghoulies man so i don't believe them (laughs) but anyway i think we're good to go i'll interject with factoids as we get through the plot justin so friday the 13th the new blood starts off the way I didn't want these movies to start starting off again with flashbacky shit. Mm-hmm. It's annoying. It's just a montage of like stuff from all the movies, or it's and there's an announcer guy going, "You can't kill Jason. He's big, mean boy." Ooh. <laughs> By the way, our narrator here is Walt Gorney, aka Crazy Ralph, from yeah. the first two movies in his final film role before he passed away. Um, at least they got him to make a little cameo in this form, but I really don't care for these intros where they just show a clip show from the previous movies. Right. In weird. fact, there's a shot in this that is from the trailer for part six that's not even in the movie yeah, where lightning strikes Jason's headstone and it blows up. Right. That never happened. <laughs> no! That's lightning yeah, hits that Jason. I was like, wait a minute, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and then... We get our title card this time. I like talking about every title card because it's funny. This one starts off pretty cool. It's like all that light comes into Jason mask. Yeah. That's a cool spot. And that was an like, aesthetic on the poster for this movie. It like cracks in half. It looks terrible. It's it's foreshadowing, to... Justin. I know, but it's Because that happened to Jason. I know, but it's dumb. It is dumb. It doesn't look very good. Um. So. Yeah. Right here we go. Oh, God. Right away, this movie just like... Okay, so we got, a, we got a little girl who is living in what you could only assume to be an abusive household, because you hear this audio of a dude yeah, like, who's, like, drunk, because the wife says, hey, you're, you're, just, you're drunk. You're just One of these and, days, Alice, straight to the moon. Right. <laughs> and then, and then, he, then he hits her. Yeah. You hear it. And then the little girl's like, I ain't having that shit. like, no, daddy's a mean bastard. And runs out of the house. Fuck you, dad. Yeah, does a a fuck you, dad. And runs out on the boat and drives it into the middle of the ocean. 
And dad goes, like, oh, I didn't mean it, honey. And she's like, fuck you, dad. And I, I agree. Yeah, right. Fuck you, dad. I don't feel bad for this dad character whatsoever, even no, though the movie Loki wants you to. Yeah, it's really weird. No, yeah. He's a piece of shit, clearly. Like, if you're going to do that, don't paint him this way. Yeah, That's... maybe don't paint him as, like, like maybe have, like, her feel guilt because, like, the dad was mad at her for just, like, I don't know, he grounded her or something. Right. That like, have it sense. be, like, a petty childhood squabble that caused her to fucking freak out. Not this, like, he actually beat the mom shit, because then it's like she feels bad bad for what happened but the audience doesn't right it's a mistake so like she gets like really angry and then like at first all right this is clearly camp crystal lake right oh well yeah so like at first i was like no no just jason just like does shit in the water right away not expecting like what was actually happening in the movie mm-hmm. but yeah like this like force moves through the water and then like collapses the bridge on top of like the little, sorry, little like uh, way onto the, the little dog. Clearly being done by the little girl. Yeah. Because she has psychic powers. Right. Well, I didn't think that about that at first. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think they make it clear through the visuals because she's staring like, you know, carrying. Yeah, yeah I start figuring <laughs> it out as the scene progresses. But, yeah, but like, I understand how if you didn't know the concept of this movie going in, you'd be like, huh? Right. That's exactly what it's like at first. What? Like, oh, okay. Then when he falls in the water and there's no Jason, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's super weird that, like, they're introducing a superpower into this franchise it's that has so far only had one su- like one supernatural element, which was Jason. Right. Yeah. I, I prefer it that way. It's fun. Yeah, I think so. It's fun to have, like, the unstoppable force against a bunch of dumb fucks and they all die. That shit's fun. Yeah. Which still happens in this movie. Maybe uh, yeah. just add an element of this chick. So, yeah, she... She basically kills her dad by collapsing a dock on And him. nothing of value was lost. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this traumatizes her, which does yeah. make sense. But, right, because like, you killed hey. your dad. It would yeah. still traumatize you. Like, you literally killed your dad. I'm just saying, dad. like, we're not going to be on the side of, like, we're not going to be pro-dad. Right. Here. You're, yeah. This is an anti-bad dad household. Mm-hmm. No bad dads allowed. No bad dad podcast here. Welcome to the No Bad Dad Podcast. Where we no hate bad dad all podcast. bad dads. No bad dad. Mm-hmm. Anti bad dad. Anti-bad bad dads dad. won't happen. So this Carrie chick, you don't even know what her fucking name is. We're call Tina. Her we're call her Carrie. Our third Tina. Cool. So we're gonna call her Carrie. That's fair. She. <laughs> she kills. She kills the bad dad, which concludes our final episode of the bad, the anti bad dad podcast. That's fine. It lasted about as long as our pro Seth MacFarlane podcast. Oh yeah, forget about that bit. <laughs> <laughs> so so now we flash forward to our present time where this movie's taking place, whatever mm-hmm. year this movie came out, probably. Uh, no. Oh, what? Okay, so the timeline doesn't make sense. Okay. Uh, at all, because... <sighs> okay. <laughs> uh, I think Friday 6 already is happening in, like, late 80s. Okay. Even though it came out in 86. And then... The timeline I saw said that this flashback scene to where her dad dying takes place the same year as part six. Meaning different parts. Ten years late. has to happen. Wait. And then this movie takes place in like nineteen ninety nine or two thousand. But it doesn't look like it fucking does. No, I'm wait. just gonna here's what I'm gonna tell you right now. Did he like No. The deeper we get into this timeline, the more I'm just going to assume that much like the Fallout games, 
this universe just chose a decade of culture and didn't move past it. Okay. And for this universe, it's the 80s. Fallout, it was the 50s. Right. In the Friday the 13th universe, it is always the 80s, no matter what current year you are in. Okay. <laughs> right away, right away, right, you get really confused, because now you're flash forward, right? Yeah. And they drive to Crystal Lake, which, according to the last movie, didn't exist anymore. So yeah, in some... Right in Okay, here's... This is kind of funny, if it happened this way. This is my headcanon. It's called Crystal Lake. Murders happen. Well, we can't call it Crystal Lake anymore. Let's call it Lake Forest Green. Murders happen. Okay, we can't call it Lake Forest Green anymore. Let's just call it Crystal Lake. (laughs) I'd like to think that after the events of this movie, they rename it Lake Forest Green again. (laughs) Oh, my God. We're just going to keep switching back and forth. (laughs) Just close the lake already. So Carrie's driving in with her mom, and uh, yeah, we, we get introduced to adult Carrie. Right. Uh, this is Lar Park Lincoln as Tina Shepard, our psychic girl, and her mom is played by Susan Blue, who is primarily a voice actor, uh, voicing such iconic characters as uh, R.C. from Transformers. Oh no, and. Uh, the grandma from Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. And, uh, <laughs> Flim Flam from the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. I don't know, I just wanted to say this. It was funny to me. <laughs> anyway, sure. uh, are we also driving up with the doctor? Or is he there when they He's get there? He's already at the house. So, yeah, they, they, they whip on up, so... Right away, you figure, okay, this is, uh, see, Doc, yeah, so they pull up to what you would already automatically assume is their old house, because uh-huh. it has the same set and scenery, um, and then you have, then they pull up and see Dr. Cruz, which is her yeah. psychiatrist, quote-unquote. This is, the actor's name is Terry Kaiser. Now, I recognized him, but I didn't know what I recognized him for, from. Yo, same, so what? what is it? And I also recognized a girl, one of the victims, later from something, and I didn't realize what she was from. And when I looked up both of them, I felt like I had an out-of-body experience because both of them are weird answers. Okay. And I was like, I was sent. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Give me a guess, Justin. He is from an 80s classic. Maybe not a classic, but it is an 80s film (laughs) that everyone knows. How many of those are there? Dude, don't make me guess this shit. Just hit me. All right. He plays the corpse of Bernie in Weekend at Bernie's. One and two. Holy shit. It's Bernie, dude. Okay, yeah. Okay. Right? What the fuck? I never heard the man speak in my life. So right. that, that probably didn't help me. Like, no, it was the face. Yeah. I recognized the face. Well, yeah, too. but I never saw him like actually act right. except as a corpse. Because right, he's just like, yeah, yeah. But being like completely still. <laughs> oh, my God. Man, are we going to put that on the wheel and watch the the, the, the weekend at Bernie's duology? No. <laughs> nah. No. All right, maybe like on episode 500. Right, when we start running out of ideas. Yeah, when we're watching Free Willy and Weekend at Bernie's. (laughs) (laughs) Free Willy, oh God. (laughs) Airbud will come out eventually. 
Oh, we're going to watch Air Bud. I think it's too much of a meme for us to not do at this point. We'll do it at some point. We'll but I'm going to wait on that one. We'll start it at episode 200. That sounds like a plan to me. <laughs> fuck, fuck Air Bud. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch 14 talking dog movies. Oh, wait, no, he doesn't talk. Well, eventually they do. Yeah. The puppies talk, right. not Air Bud himself. Exactly, yeah. I looked that up. Anyway, Friday. <laughs> so they pull up. Here's Dr. Cruz. Immediately carries like, raises her eyebrows. Goes like, man, news, Cruz. <laughs> she hates her psychiatrist. Boy, he seems a little sketchy, huh? He's just, he's just kind it's of foreboding. It's almost like he's overacting being sketchy, huh? He's really foreboding. Mm-hmm. Like, too foreboding? Yeah. And then, uh... I don't trust this And then Bernie right guy. away, it pans over. There's another house right next to them. There's there's a bunch of kids there. See one guy doing something with a truck. And then this other girl who's a lot... This other girl who, like, you can already tell, like, right away by, like, her haircut. And oh, she's going to be she's the wearing. bitch. Right. Yeah. She's, and she says... There goes the neighborhood. That's She's Susan Susan Jennifer Sullivan, which is a bitchy name. Yeah. Sorry, actress, it just is. As Melissa, the bitch character. Right. Uh, here to be a bitch and not much else. Right, that's that's all she's got. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a very similar setup to part four, where there's the house of characters that matter, and then the house of victims right next to it. Right. <laughs> I guess that's one standard way to make one of these movies, because you need victims, but there's obviously characters that they care more about. Right. And they want to have an actual clear. story with these characters. And then there's lots of low-stakes characters that can have, like, little dumb mundane plots and then just die. Yeah. And their their role in the film is over and fulfilled because Jason Voorhees got to raise his kill count. Ooh. Which I believe gets to 69 in this movie. Nice. Uh, I don't know who his 69th victim is. I'm just I'm just guessing that. Because every time I look up some of these characters to get, like, names of actors and names of characters, just because, like, it's easy to forget. Yeah, uh, I forget <laughs> most of their names. Uh, a lot of the wiki for Friday lists uh, the, the victim number. Like, this is Jason's 60th victim. And I think we got to 69 in this movie. Good job, Jason. 69 kills, Sex buddy. number kills. Sex number. I wonder if he gets to 100 before we're, like, oh, done with Jason X. Oh, he's got to, right? Because we're like, so. We're just over halfway I mean, now, they're already like, at the point where they're doing, like, 15 a movie. Right. So, like, yeah. Yeah, like, because we're, we're just over halfway through the series. Obviously, and we're f- way part above 50, five wasn't Jason, so I don't know if that gets added to the kill count, though. It was Jason, quote-unquote. In quotation marks. Right. <sighs> Roy. So, uh... Now we get uh, her unpacking, getting ready to go into the house, and then she drops her suitcase, and then uh, Chad walks up. <laughs> Chad? He might as well be Chad. He's it's, a Chad. It's uh, Nick, Tina's love interest, played by Kevin Blair. Um, oh, I was reading a fun tidbit. Apparently these two actors hated each other, even though they were the boy and girl love interest. Oh, that's fun. Uh, until like way later in their lives when they met um, at a horror convention. Because, hey, they're both in Friday. And then they, like, actually kind of, like, became friends there. So, like, way later in life, they actually, like... In a non-shooting environment, I guess, like, tensions weren't high. I mean... And they were able to be friends then. Yeah, dude, shooting a... Especially a low-budget movie, shooting a movie is really stressful. Yeah. So, like, yeah... And depending on the environment in... uh, Presented to you by the people making the movie. Right. Too. I, I wouldn't be surprised that a lot of people in part five didn't get along and maybe part four. Right. You know, because 
maybe sketchy directors were involved. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, don't know a whole lot about the director of Part 7 other than he made uh, Ghoulies 3 hit film. Can't wait to put Ghoulies on the wheel and watch all the Ghoulies movies. <laughs> we're going to watch Critters before Ghoulies. I'll Fuck tell you yeah, that dude. much. Ghoulies, yeah. Ghoulies is the... If, if, <laughs> if Critters is the Kmart to Gremlins is Walmart. What's Ghoulies? Is it like Ames? Like it doesn't even exist anymore? Yeah. That's fair, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I, th- I like this comparison. This is good. <laughs> so after Chad helps Carrie, uh, I'm saying the wrong names of this movie intentionally. I don't care. They it's fit, fine. They fit the archetype perfectly. That dude to Chad, she's literally Carrie. So this is what we're yeah. going with. So then, we and that do. bitch is totally a Becky. Ooh, ah, Melissa's kind of a bitch name. That yeah, works. no, no Melissa. Not. I'll keep Melissa. <laughs> so you're gonna forget. <laughs> I'll forget. I'll just say just like bitch or something. I got the list here. If you forget anybody, yeah, I'm gonna forget a lot of people. Uh, do you so want to go over who's at the house real quick, just so we don't have to do it later? I mean, if you want to, yeah, go for it. All right. Um. So we got Elizabeth. Katen as Robin. She's the redhead who's uh, very bubbly and wants to get high and fuck. That is her character. Yep. I recognized her. So did I. I From didn't. What? Did you? Yeah. Bro, you're gonna shit. I've seen her. I've seen her before. You've seen her in the best scene ever filmed. Eric Freeman's Rampage in Silent Night, Deadly Night Part. Oh my god. She is his girlfriend that he murders and says punish and then goes on his yeah, epic goes, right. epi- she's a blonde in that movie yeah. so I didn't recognize her 100%. Yeah. Uh she's a redhead in this. <sighs> I, I recognized her face. Yeah. Goes on his epic massacre of several people including one man taking his garbage out. Garbage day? What? No. <laughs> it's a, the best scene <laughs> ever filmed. Twirls gun. <laughs> Raises eyebrows above. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> oh, man. We got to watch those movies at one point. We will. I kind of just want to watch two. Well, fuck all the other ones. Like, I Genuinely, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my life. It's so ridiculous. And it's mainly because of those eight minutes. That eight-minute kill scene, that massacre scene is just... Mwah, it's God-like. fucking art. <laughs> God-like. So yeah, I recognized her from that. Uh, didn't recognize anybody else though, probably because hired on the cheap. So uh, John Renfield as David, his personality, stoner. <laughs> Jeff Bennett as Eddie, his personality, writing sci-fi books and being an annoying twat and being like a Ben Shapiro in training. <laughs> That's kind of what he reminded me of. Incel ass motherfucker. Uh, uh, yes, talks fast. It says things that aren't true. Mm-hmm. Ben Shapiro. Uh-huh. Heidi Kozak as Sandra, who is killed while skinny dipping because, of course. We got Larry Cox as Russell, whose uncle owns this cabin, and oh, you guys are messing it up. He's also Sandra's boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> there's Diana Barrows as Maddie, the nerdy girl who's like, drugs are bad, woo. And uh, I think she dies in the shed later on when she we does. get to it. Um, we got Craig Thomas as Ben. Uh, 
and Diane Almeida as Kate. This is the couple. Uh, I, I yeah, this is the one that gets killed in a van later with yeah. the party horn and shit. Spoilers for old movie, and we'll get to the other big cast member later once he shows up. So we get our first like a they, they set up a uh, a session inside their old house here. Mm-hmm. The first quote-unquote psychiatry session. Yeah, it's more like his, his session to provoke her negative feelings because he's yeah. a bad psychiatrist. Right. So it's around this point that we realize that our main actress is going to be acting pretty terribly throughout this entire yeah, film. Yeah, she's not great. No. So she, uh, he, like, invokes her emotions and makes her move this matchbook. Yeah. And she's, like, not about it. She doesn't want to do this because why would you? And then she gets, and then he eventually makes her mad, and she lights the matchbook on fire. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Who?" And like takes notes down. He's clearly right away. You could tell he's clearly more interested in her ability rather than her mental state. Yeah, it's more like, "Ooh, I can make a fortune off of this girl," than like, "I actually want to help this girl." Right. That's the vibe I'm getting. They don't really expand on it too much, but you can definitely tell he's not good. Is is all they really want you to know. Yeah. I don't trust Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's, is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. So she gets mad at them. It gets to nighttime here. She gets mad at... Like I, he says something to like trigger her and try to you know tell her, oh, you can't... She doesn't want to do any of this. And he's like, oh, you have to do this. And like it's well, just trying to provoke her. I think part of it is she sees a vision of Jason killing somebody. Not yet. Or no, this is where she gets mad and actually summons Jason out of right. the fucking lake. So, what, so she goes out to the dock in which she killed her dad. I almost forgot that all of this is her fault, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So she she runs. So she gets mad and runs out to the dock here, mm-hmm. and then she has a flashback about what happens. We didn't need to see it again. We know what fucking ah, you know, uh, you know the trauma, you fucking morons. <laughs> and, we already saw the scene, right? Yeah. So then she like invokes a powerful emotion. Like she gets really powerful emotionally, and she focuses on the water, and then she breaks the chain. That yeah, because Jason's been under there all, like for I think they go with ten years. Yeah, which is kind of wild. Uh, cause it's still the eighties, right? And the nineties <laughs> looking awful, like an awful lot like the eighties. The two thousands are looking an awful like the eighties. Oh yeah, it would be. 2000s. This works with the same non-existent timeline as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series, yeah. where uh, apparently Alexandra Daddario, who is hot and twenty, is actually forty-four. Yeah, <laughs> it's that kind of logic, i.e horror movie logic right which doesn't exist right because they don't care they are slapping this movie together as quickly as they can right so she breaks the chain tying Jason to the bottom of the lake completely destroying Tommy Jarvis's work rest in peace fuck I mean what's Tommy up to I want him to be the protagonist. Staying far the fuck away from this. I mean, fair enough. He thinks his job is done. Good for him. He th- he he did his work. Well, he has to see this in the news, so maybe he'll be in part eight. No, he's never seen again. Actually, yeah. by like, Tommy. Sadly enough. Yeah, I wish he would be the the he's main the character. Best character of this franchise. You need a solid main pro tag for these long running series. And yeah. I hate that sometimes we don't get one. Like for a lot of the Halloween series, we didn't have Donald Pleasance or Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, I feel like you need at least one of them. Uh, for a lot of Nightmare, you don't have uh, Nancy from movie one and movie three. I think she's like 
your best bet for a main character in those, right. but mm-hmm. a lot of them she's not present. And I guess for Friday it would have to be Tommy Jarvis, even though he's only in fucking three of the twelve movies. Right. What a shame. Yeah. Absolutely. I like continuity <laughs> a little bit, guys. Just a little bit. I know Tommy was played by a different person in each one, but I still like some continuity. Yeah, sure. So so now Jason has been unleashed. He uh, comes out of the water, and right away... Is Jason Unleashed a game for the Xbox? Fuck yeah, it is, dude. You run run around and just stomp on cars. Like Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction, but you're Jason. Alright, that's cool. Can you do the the car gloves? Oh, fuck yeah, yeah, dude. (laughs) Can you pick people up and pat them on the head and then just deck them? <laughs> yeah. That game was great. I love that game. <laughs> so now Jason is back. He's up out of the water, and right away you notice he looks cool as fuck in this movie. He is the best part of this movie, hands down. Jason's design as soggy Jason, who's been underwater for ten years, rotten away, uh, not as fucking goopy and maggoty, but definitely soggy, and he has a lot of, like, bones sticking out. I think there's even one part where you see him, like, his knee move, and it's actually a disconnected bone. Yeah. Don't even know how he's being held up. Right. You think he would just fall over at this point and part not be able his, uh, to move. The mask is kind of, like, decomposing, and so is his skin. So <laughs> and like- it also has, speaking of continuity, the, the one thing they do care about is how Jason looks. Uh, it has all the damage that's been done to the masks so far in the movies, but now there's new damage which was done by the boat motor in part six. Right. So it's super fucked up. Right. Uh, I love how Jason looks and I love how he is performed because for the first time we have the most famous actor known as Jason playing him. Kane Hodder is here. He is the guy who played Jason the most out of anybody. Uh, four times he plays him, and they're all going to be in a row here um, for 7, 8, 9, and X. I almost said 10, but it's not. <laughs> Jason, <laughs> Jason X. X. So, uh, director Carl was uh, impressed with Mr. Kane uh, after working with him on a film called Prison. Uh, this is a little horror movie where uh, Kane Hodder's character is executed in the electric chair and then he rises from his grave. And Hodder was like, it would be fucking lit if my guy, because he started decomposing, had maggots coming out of his fucking mouth. So put a bunch of maggots in my mouth and film it. <laughs> and they did. Kane Hodder had a bunch of live maggots in his mouth uh, for the good of the film. What a madman. Holy <laughs> he, shit. He's a, he's a bit of a madman. I love him, actually. <laughs> his interviews are interesting. His little tidbits about the series. Um, so perhaps because he was impressed or maybe perhaps because Carl knew Kane Hodder would do literally whatever he asked of him. <laughs> Based on the maggot thing being his idea, uh, here's our Jason. Here he is. Uh, it's a bit of a shame they didn't bring CJ back from part six. He was a little disappointed as well because he wanted uh, he wanted to be known as the Jason. He was like, you know, much like how Kane is now known as the Jason for yeah. playing him four times. CJ wanted to be like like Boris Karloff was to Frankenstein. Like he wanted right. to be the Jason and he did a really good performance in he six. Did. Yeah. But I do think Kane is better actually. Absolutely. Kane has a hell of a presence and I like his motions and everything about him. 
And I, like even like the breathing noises and creepy shit, because there's a lot of mm-hmm. voyeuristic like first person shots back in this movie, which yeah. uh, were kind of lacking in a couple previous entries. He he gained uh, well he was stuck underwater. He he gained ten points in his sneak ability. Yes. So he's a lot more quiet moving around. I think that's actually reflected in the game. If yeah. I'm correct, the stock ability and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Can't run though. No, we cannot run. That's because he, he is barely being held up by anything. Right. Um, oh, man. I don't know when is a good point to bring this up is, so I'll just do it now. Uh, this movie was shot in Alabama, uh, Baldwin County. And uh, I want to bring this up because I found a, a very funny fact. So the producers were worried about the presence of alligators while they were filming the movie. They didn't want no alligators to um, raise the body count any (laughs) (laughs) more than they wanted. So, they hired a local gator man. Gator man. Uh, (laughs) This is what he was referred to. Is this what he puts on his, like, uh, resume? Gator man? Uh, This man was named... Jacob Charles. (laughs) Gator man. (laughs) This man's name is really good, actually. Leslie... Busby. Oh my god, the <laughs> business card. <laughs> I mean, I'll stare at that thing all day. Le- Le- Leslie Busby's business card. It'll be like that American Psycho scene. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> it's, got, it's got like a really terribly photoshopped picture of him like wrangling a crocodile or an alligator on it. It's fucking magnificent. <laughs> uh, so his, he, you know, they hired him to keep gators away from the cast and the crew. However, he didn't. No. <laughs> well, that's because there were none. Because oh. they filmed in October and November. Oh, yeah, they, I don't know who were. didn't know, but alligators are not as active during colder months, so yeah, they're sleeping. Busby got paid to do nothing. God that's bless him. Dude, bless that man. <laughs> that's fucking hype. He said he just like looked at the lake... And that was it, really. Like, he's just like, yep, no gators today for <laughs> Like, he's a gator man, so, like, obviously he knows this. So, like, they hired yeah, him. Yeah, he was, like, he probably was like, like okay. he, I, I really, like, think that, like, he was about to say something, and then he was just like, wait a minute. <laughs> we'll give you $100,000. Oh, things are looking up for Busby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do the best gator man you've ever seen. No gators. <laughs> they must mean they did a good job. There was no gators to speak of. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible, honestly. Uh, anyway, uh, is Jason's back. Let's, uh, let's see what happens with Jason. Killing somebody, I bet. Because that's what he does. Yep. Not yeah. immediately. He just come, kind of comes up out of the water. Tina's passed out. I mean, Carrie is passed out. Yeah, she kind of passes out after resurrecting Jason. Uh, they kind of imply that he's like either asleep or not alive until she like psychically rises him from his grave. Yeah, well, he's probably just like um, hibernating, you know. Well, I mean, you know, what are you gonna do? You're yeah, just he's, under there. He's a supernatural force that never dies. Yeah. So like, he's just stuck. Was he hibernating in the grave until the lightning hit? No, he was dead until the lightning That's hit. That's what I was going to go with. Yeah, he was definitely dead until the lightning yeah. hit. Now he's a supernatural force, because God willed him to be awake. Oh, fuck. God's an asshole. Yeah, he is. <laughs> fuck that guy. God deemed it necessary for all these teens to die. So now we got... We're about to have our first victims here. 
Yeah, um, is this the the people that the birthday party is for? Right. Well, the the guy. Yeah. And his girl. Yeah. So their car breaks down, and he's and as start, happens. Yeah, they start walking, and he's uh, like, like, well, while they're walking, he's like, "Fuck, I gotta piss." So he goes off. And so pisses. he's dead. Right. Well, <laughs> first he kills the girl. Yes. He stabs her. He gets like some kind of like metal spike, and uh, stabs her in the back of the head. It's pretty grody. And then he puts and he posts her up against a tree. Mm-hmm. So the dude walks back, sees her that she's posted up against the tree, tries to run away from Jason. He trips and falls, and then Jason just fucking eliminates this man. <laughs> Eliminated. Stabs him in the back. Yeah. He starts crawling away and he's screaming. It's pretty yeah. gross. It is at this point that you can see that much like a couple other entries in this series, this has been heavily censored by the MPAA. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of gory kills that hit the cutting room floor. This had to be submitted nine times to be allowed a rating of R. Uh, and a lot of this footage has been lost forever because, you know, back then they didn't know to make DVD extras or unrated versions. So they just fucking threw that shit in the garbage. That sucks. And a lot of it is gone. That's sad. Sucks, right? Yeah, that's sad. It's a lot of cool special effects that probably hit the cutting room floor. This movie does have really good special effects. I'll give it that. For sure. Lots of fun special effects, particularly with Jason and his outfit. Yeah, that's the best part. Yeah. Clearly. So Chad comes over to to, to (laughs) Carrie's house, and he's like, hey, 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 bud, we're having a party. Want to come hang out? Flexes a muscle. And she's like, yeah, because she wants something normal. Right. Uh, you know, and not hanging out with her therapist man who just wants her to light shit on fire or yep. whatever. And you got anything but normal kids here. <laughs> yeah. So she she's, her she's over. incredibly awkward over there, all these normal people, and she's just like, mm. Yep. They bring, they bring they bring her bring her over and then you got all the kids hanging out, they're drinking uh completely unmarked just beer, which I think is really funny. It's not even cores? Nope, it just says beer mm. on the can. In big, in big gray I didn't notice that. It just says fucking beer. It just says beer. Amazing. You got these like brown cans with like a like a red circle in the middle. It just says beer. I want that prop. Do you think I can buy the beer can from Far Seven? It just says beer. Please. <laughs> it's just funny as fuck. So, she has a vision during this party. Of of uh, Jason killing the our, our party His guy. His first just two victims there, yeah. yeah, party man, yeah. So she freaks out and runs away. Yeah, and then she runs when she goes to run back to her house. There's a spike sticking out of the back porch. Uh oh. She's like, oh god, there's something really wrong. She tries to tell everybody there, and they don't believe her. Like, oh, you're having visions. Well, I think she previously also tried to tell her psychiatrist about the man in the lake she saw. And he yeah. was like, it's just a delusion, honey. Right. Um, I don't know why she was like, couldn't describe what he looked like. Because Jason looks pretty distinctive. Well, she probably just like, was like, not in a good mental state. She was in the middle of passing out. She probably yeah. didn't get good like, visions of I it. I guess so. I just thought like, yeah, he has a prevalent hockey mask on. You know, it's noticeable. Right. Anyway. So... So she's like, oh, come look, come look. You'll, you'll see what I mean. Brings out some And then, spike, oh, spike. it's gone. Oh, Spike. Ooh. Because Bernie pocketed it. So now it's time for we'll our next victims. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to do the chick out at the tent. And he's like, I want to fuck. She's like, the fire's burning out. Get some wood, moron. Yeah. These are just like, these feel like added kills. 
has that vibe to them. Yep. These are not people associated with the party or anything. They are just out camping, and yeah. Jason kills them because they're there. Right. You one of the most fun kills in this series from this that I love. Yes, it's we do. The girl who's the in sleeping, sleeping bag kill. Yeah, girl's sleeping bag. He grabs and picks her up in the sleeping bag and slams her against a tree a couple times. That shit's great. Now, uh... Apparently, this was really hard for Kane Hodder to do because they just kind of shoved a very heavy mannequin in the bag, and it was 90 pounds, and he was like, fuck. <laughs> so, like, apparently the one they leave in the movie is him being frustrated with it and kicking it after he slams it. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, so, this this moment was written by Daryl Haney, and uh, uh, here's what he had to say. Just bear bear in mind that this isn't how I feel. Okay. This is how screenwriter Daryl Haney feels. (laughs) Quote, I used to shove my brother into a sleeping bag when I was a kid. I once had a fantasy of killing my kid sister that same way. I guess that's why it became so popular. People can really relate to it. No. End quote. No. Yikes! With a capital Ikes! Lock him up. What the fuck? (laughs) Lock him up. Throw away the key. This man may have killed his sister. We are not sure. The jury is out. Lock him in a sleeping bag. (laughs) Death via Jason killing you in your sleeping bag, dude. They got all the kids complaining. Oh, wait, the guy hasn't shown up. What the fuck's happening? Mm -hmm. But but, But they don't really call the cops or anything. Then days go by, weeks even. (laughs) They're just hanging out, ready to party at a moment's notice. It's not weeks. It's like a day goes by. But right. it's it's really funny to me that just nobody does anything. Nobody's smart enough to do anything. Yeah. Nobody calls the cops. It's not like Jason cut the power or anything. Right. They have power. I assume they have a phone. They have to have a phone, right? Yeah, I would assume right. so. Yeah. It's the 80s. At least Maybe they got to put the fuse in the side of the cabin and they can't oh, find it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to keep yeah. searching those drawers, fellas. <laughs> oh, God. So, now, we got we got Chad and, uh, and, and Carrie bonding a little bit. Tells a little bit of his backstory. They can't. Oh. And she tells us, well, my dad got killed in the lake. And say that she did it, obviously. He's like, who can relate? Woo! Yeah. No, he doesn't say that. Oh, no, like... that's exactly what happened. <laughs> so then, like, a good little bit later in the day, she goes to the cabin looking for him. And, uh, and then you have, uh... You have bitch here, bitch. I forget her name already. Melissa. Melissa yeah. uh, decides to try to tease her and like puts yeah. the one kid in like like puts his jacket on inside out. Like, oh, is this what you were like when it's you were in the mental hospital? Mm. Yeah, and then she like she gets mad and like psychic power breaks the, these pearls she has on and she freaks out. Lit. Should runs out her. again. Should have shot her in the head with your mental bullets. <laughs> and she's like. I don't fucking stay here. She's getting more visions. She can't take it anymore. I think she sees her mom getting killed. Yeah. Yeah. She starts freaking out. She's like, I'm ready to go. Later. She wants to get the fuck out of here. And they're mm-hmm. obviously they're like, no. And she kind of like brings all this shit up to her family. Well, yeah. her mom and her therapist. Yeah, and they just ignore her. Basically. Yeah. And so she runs out. And like, then the Chad discovers that she left. He goes after her. And uh, does she just get in a car and go? Not yet. Okay. Um, and then she's like, hey. Like, yeah, this movie kind of drags like, in like the your first cousin, half yeah, hour, like your man. your cousin, yeah, your cousin. Do you have a picture of him when he looks like it? He shows her. He's like, 
She's like, he's dead. He's like, nah, what the fuck? He's like, what? <laughs> and then we got our next couple victims. Got this girl, the girl, one of the girls from the house and her boyfriend go out to the water. She goes skinny Oh, dipping. yeah, skinny dipping, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, she gets, like, drowned in the water by Jason. And, like, some shots, I get, like, really a little too mm-hmm. close to, to the pupa. Oh, is this where, uh, oh, yeah, this is very skeevy, isn't it? Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, well, it's like they made up for part six not having any nudity by, like, double downing on it in this one. Yeah, there's a couple <laughs> scenes where it's pretty prevalent. Part six has no nudity, but it is sandwiched in between the most nudity in the franchise, possibly. In part five and part seven. Yeah. Does the guy here, or was it the previous couple with the sleeping bag? No, it's the previous one. I just wanted to point out when the guy goes to piss, he says, I'll be Bach like the Terminator. He does. And that was stupid. That's when he goes, that when he goes to get wood. Right, okay. Yeah. It all kind of blends together. I just realized that there's three separate scenes where they cut to a couple in the woods and then they die. And the, the, like it's very much padding. Oh, yeah, but at so least there's padding. some iconic fun things that happen, like the sleeping bag kill. There's also a lot of non-kill padding in this movie, and it's boring. Yeah, Tina's arc is kind of frustrating and because it's, it's just not well done. It's lame, dude. Yeah. It's really fucking lame. Mm-hmm. So after these kids get killed, uh, Carrie's mom uh, wanders into the doctor's little home See, this is why we can't call her Carrie, because that has a whole other dynamic. This mom, nice! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tina's mom walks into the... Got a good point. So Tina's mom walks into the, the, the quote-unquote psychiatrist's office and starts flipping through his stuff. Mm, she quickly discovers that... Suspicious. He is not at all interested in her mental health. Like, everybody already knew, like, right off the bat. Yeah. Discover what everybody else already knew. And, and she's, like, mad at him and yells at him, and he, like, I think Tina overhears their conversation. Yeah. Where she's like, we're fucking leaving, and he's like, I'm gonna put her in a fucking home for the rest of her life in a hospital. Do you want that? Right. And Tina's like, fuck this, and gets in a car and leaves. Yep. But because she's hysterical and going through a bit of a time, she immediately wrecks her car. Does not take long. Uh, but that's because she sees, like, Jason in the middle of the road in, in an actually really creepy shot. Yeah. I liked this, like, you know, just like, you know, I always get creeped out when I'm driving and it's like super dark out and I'm like in like the woods. Yeah. Like, you know, it doesn't happen often, but like maybe I'm like driving back from like a trip or something and uh-huh. just like, you know, it always creeps me out. Like, what if you did see something just like out of your peripheral vision or like in the middle of the road, even worse, like just driving and like, oop, it's Jason. That's creepy shit, man. You were like, dude, the one time I was, though, was driving with my brother. Mm-hmm. And like it was super dark out. Such uh, when I went went to go to PAX last year. Um, yeah, it was super dark out. We were driving through Pennsylvania, and so like it's 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 forest. Yeah, right. So we're driving through like some back roads in Pennsylvania to take like a quicker way to get to the airport, and uh, it's so it's a little hard to see because it's so dark. Yeah, and we like in the middle of the fu- like in the dead ass center of the fucking road. There's a giant ass dead deer. Oof, and so we had to like very narrowly missed this fucking thing. We had a swerve, swerve around it. The car almost heaved over. Yikes. Yeah, shit's, yeah. shit's crazy. That you shit's stuff creepy, dude. Like that, dude. Cause you don't know what the fuck killed that deer. Right. It was probably Jason Voorhees, though. Yeah, we just, <laughs> probably should have called something in, but it was also 5.30 in the morning, and we just started to get moving. Uh, I mean, so. I don't blame you for being spooked. Yeah, we were pretty yeah. And, uh, yeah, so now, 
after she wrecks the car, we get one of the one of the cooler scenes in the movie here. Mm-hmm. Where we have uh Well, maybe not yet. Hold on. Sorry, I lost I get mixed up in this. Oh yeah, I understand. Okay, I no, think this is it. Okay, I so think the, our our mom and our our uh, Bernie yeah, <laughs> go look for her. her. But, uh, in yeah. Time we have uh, the nerdy girl. Uh, she, right. She's, like tired of being ignored by people. She puts all the nice makeup on his shit, and not for much. She's it's, just kind of being jealous because her friend is getting with the guy that she wants to get with. Yeah, she's getting like, and frustrated. doing the weed. And for some reason, she was like really offended that she would even do weed. What a loser. I mean, anyway. Like, yeah, there's just a different outlook on weed in the 80s. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. War on drugs was happening. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it hasn't stopped, really. Just a lot of people realize it's bullshit. Right, yeah. So, yeah, she gets dressed up all nice, but then uh, I guess she only does it for Jason, because that's the last person she sees. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It is a very good scene. Uh, yeah, her she, hiding from Jason in this barn or whatever. Yeah, she goes to this barn. Yeah. There's some pretty cool shots of her like hiding from him. Yeah, one of the ones I like a lot is she like she's like up against like the side of the barn. And you can go to the other side of it, and Jason comes out into the other side of it, and it's split exactly in half. One side of her like up against like cowering against the wall, and Jason on the other side of it grabbing a weapon. Yeah, dude, it's really cool. It's like yeah. one perfect shot here. Right. To be honest, that doesn't happen often in these movies. Yeah. <laughs> and then he like. Grabs her and like stabs her with this hook. It's pretty sick. <laughs> well, it's sick, dude. Kill a teenager. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how do how do like actual people watch these movies? Do they like go like hell yeah, killer Jason, mm-hmm. yeah, and then they drink their bud? Yeah. I mean, I, I I can enjoy a good cheesy stupid kill as much as the next guy, but I like maybe I don't know. Watch it like my mom does. Yeah. She would like somebody's getting killed. She's like, oh no. <laughs> that that is run, how run. yeah that like is really how loudly. she watches the I, these movies are definitely made for those kind of people she you grew know? up during this time yeah this yeah shit yeah um like i mean i love my mom to death but sometimes uh sometimes it is a little obnoxious watching movies with her but i would like to watch one of these with her if i can sometime <laughs> well you know, we may be able though. to or you may be able to yeah uh yeah you won't be able yeah. to yeah <laughs> And coronavirus is still going to be around for the entirety of this set, this arc of Ken and John. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was fun. Like, I think we watched Texas Chainsaw 3D with your mom. That was and fun, yeah. That was how that went with yeah, that. And that was a good one to do it with, too. Yeah. It was <laughs> stupid and yeah. fucking crazy. A great movie. Yeah. Sure. Not not really. Sure. <laughs> Six out of ten. Great movie. <laughs> so, That's my official score. So Tina's mom and her, and her dickhead psychiatrist uh, find the wrecked car. And mm-hmm. now her mom's freaking out, understand? Yeah. So. And, and I think... She runs off into the woods. Yeah, and she's yelling, Tina! And, like, the, I think the dude knows what's going on. Yeah, and he knows that, that Jason is a that thing. That, like, yeah, so he's thing. being kind of wary of this whole situation here. Um, I don't know why he would know about Jason, but... Yeah. His, he has notes on it that we find later, so... Mm-hmm. Or her dad did? Because it's her dad's study or whatever. I think it was, the name was It's His, is the idea. That he knows about Jason. It's in the drawer with her dad's gun, though. I don't know. So maybe it was her dad's? Who knows? They, they aren't really clear about it. No! At all. <laughs> it's implied that like, he knows, though, so like, I don't know. Yeah, well, because he, he hid the, the spike that Tina was concerned about, and that sparked the argument with mm-hmm. him and the mom. Because uh, yeah. obviously he was hiding stuff. It wasn't just a delusion, you know? Right. 
So now everybody's fucking at the same time. Hell yeah. Everybody start fucking. Everybody start fucking. Um, the bitch is the... Oh, she's trying to fuck Ben Shapiro, but only to make Chad jealous, which yeah. is the funniest thing. <laughs> yeah, and that doesn't go well for her. Oh, well. No. Anyway. Who cares? I mean, she just decides not to fuck him, and then he's like, hey, fucking old girl, you, you fucking bitches. Like the incel that he is. Right, and he runs down. He is right that she's a bitch, but like, yeah, this, isn't the, this isn't the move, dude. Right. <laughs> then we got, uh, we got our, uh, our, our, cabin owner's nephew and his girlfriend fucking it in the van. Yes. Because they're just sleeping and fucking in the van. Yeah, I think you get the vibe that like they were mad at each other earlier in the movie, but now yeah, they've made yeah, up and they're fucking. And uh, they hear a noise, and it's like, oh, it's probably what's-his-name, the guy that was uh, dead now that the party was getting thrown yeah. for. <sighs> he goes out looking for him, and then... Uh, no, he finds Jason instead. Crushes his head. Yeah. Typical Jason kill. Yeah. And then she, uh, she sticks her head out the window. <laughs> this is oh, my favorite kill in the movie, I think. Yeah, this I is think. my favorite kill in the yeah. movie, too. He grabs her fucking head and then shoves the a fucking party popper thing through her eye. This is the kind of kill I like in these movies because it is genuinely funny and unexpected because it goes honk as it gets stabbed in her eye. <laughs> Why would it make the noise? <laughs> Fun. God. <laughs> anyway, I think Jason about to come in this house and kill everybody else, basically. Yeah. Uh, Except for Chad, who goes out looking yeah, for Chad Tina. Yeah, Chad runs out and goes, yeah. goes out looking for Tina. He ends up finding her, and they find the dead body of his cousin, which is... Uh, yeah. Uh, freaks him out a lot. Oh, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, and then, so the one kid, the other kids who were fucking... Um, yeah, uh, Robin and what's his name? Yeah, yeah, the, the, the chick from Silent Night, Deadly Two. Yeah, the stoner man who goes down to get some shit from the fridge. Yep, and gets killed for it. Yep, he gets killed by kitchen knife. Yes, you got a really typical Jason kill there. Mm-hmm. And then so she, she and uh, Tina and Chad make it back to the house, and they start flipping through, flipping through psychiatry man's desk. Back to Tina's house. Yeah. 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 And they find uh, her dad's old gun and a bunch of clips about clippings, newspaper clippings about Jason Voorhees. And, and she, she puts it together. Yeah, she realizes that's who she's seen. <sighs> it's only there so that she figures out who Jason is. Right. I think that's all that that's there for. Yep. I don't know why else it would be there. That's I don't it. know why the psychiatrist would have a Jason collection. I don't know why her dad would have a Jason collection. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck it, I guess. Well, whatever, I guess. So, uh, now the, the house killings really start. Yeah. I don't remember the order, but um, Ben Shapiro the, bites it and Robin bites it. Yeah, they both get killed. Yeah. After she finds, she finds the stoner dude's head just, like, chilling on a fucking... Yeah, head. he decapitates the stoner dude, yeah. who is just going through everybody's presence. Yeah. Or the guy's presence, because he's just like, fuck it. I mean, right. he isn't showing up to get him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wasn't there like a... There was a weird gag gift that he opened that they felt the need to show, which was like a 
make your dick bigger thing. Yeah, it was a magnifying glass. And it was a magnifying glass. Haha, <laughs> funny me. Haha, <laughs> I get it. Did they find that at a gag store and then put it in the movie? Oh, I'm sure. What hey, the listen, fuck? Listen, listen, here at the Get and Jump Pad Show. Pad time. Listen, Pad time. Here at the Get and Jump Show, we respect all dick sizes, man, all right? All dick sizes are kings. Yeah. You're, you're all kings, guys. Don't worry about your dick size. Okay? Thank you. That makes me feel needed in our society, Justin. Very good. That's, that's what I'm here for, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Not to out myself on the air. Damn, dude. Uh, but but who cares? Still a king. Don't worry about small it. Small dick kings. Let's go. Yeah, dude, you can still make it happen. Small dick kings. Dude, you can still make it's it like happen. It's like short guy listen, army. Let's listen. go. You just, you just work on your tongue game, okay? Well, speaking of working on your tongue game, uh, transition from that because I don't know how to, but I already said it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is there is no tongue things happening. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> so Chad is like, oh shit. When I was learning about Jason stuff, he's like, I gotta go mm-hmm. back and like make sure everybody else at the house is okay. You stay. Tina, right here. stay here. And then she Tina's doesn't. like, okay, and then doesn't. Right. So he comes back and sees everybody but Melissa the bitch dead. Yes. But then, like, he's like, "Oh fuck!" Runs away back to back to the Tina house. Finds Melissa there. He's like, "Okay, well, one of them's alive. Fuck." And meanwhile, out in the woods, um, Jason kills Tina's mom and psychiatry man in a really cool way because he finds a buzz saw. Oh right! This was lit. <laughs> Just drives it into his chest. At least this dude who was a shitty person the whole movie bites it in a way he deserved. Right. You could tell that like that was clearly designed to have like his gut spill out and shit. Yeah, but, like, and then they, they cut away cut and shit. Yeah. yeah. Shame. Tina's out in the <laughs> woods and uh, she discovers her mom's corpse. And I, I, she don't feel good about that. Nope. And then on her way back to the cabin, she encounters Jason. And right away, I guess she's just, you know, I don't know, learned to harness her powers just immediately. Well, I, it's all about emotions. And uh, she mad at Jason for killing her mom. Understandable, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, so she just lets it unleash. And up until now, this movie has been sporadically entertaining. But now it is just... Fun as fuck. Yes, it's ridiculous. Carrie versus Jason is a dumb idea. However, these scenes where a psychic girl is just fucking owning him are so goddamn fun. Right. I love this shit. Yeah, she first just shocks him and he, he it slows him down because he like straight up passes out for a second and then gets back up and immediately chases back after her. She runs in the other house where all the kids are dead, and she just throws, like, random shit at, at him using her psychic ability and runs back out to the Tina house. Okay. So now that they're back there, the, Melissa immediately gets killed. That's good. <laughs> and it, it was funny because it's right after she's like, she's like, yeah, y'all are talking bullshit. I'm getting out of here. Then Jason just puts an axe in her face. Get fucked, Melissa. Lol. What a bitch. This is how the chase begins. Yeah, we're down to our final two, as yep. we usually get. Um, Chasing them all through the house. Well, I guess usually it's just final girl, but we get a final guy here. This Yay. Chad lives. Chad gets to live. Spoiler. Yep. And so he... So Jason grabs a hold of Chad, 
And she's like, oh, hell no. It collapses the whole fucking house on him. And it forces Jason, like, down into the basement to mm-hmm. the fucking floor. Yeah, is this after she, like, gets the mask off of him and shit? Yeah, she gets him. Lots of maskless him. Jason yeah, in this movie. Like, and I like how he looks a yeah, lot. by collapsing a bunch of shit on him, it knocks the mask he off. He has a lot of personality, actually, in his mouth movements and shit. Like, you could tell that, like, he's really mad that this is happening to him. Because yeah. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't him. understand how it works. Neither do I, to be honest. And, and, and uh, he's really mad that like he can't do anything about this because he's used to uh, he's used to just killing whatever is in his way. Yep. Yeah. So then she... Uh, she then ignites... Well, she gets just gas in the basement. She falls down there with him. He drags her down there. <coughs> she first throws a bunch of nails into him mm-hmm. in, in a comic, comical fashion just unleashes a shit ton of gasoline yeah. from his gas can way too much that's about a three gallon can or two gallon can and like ten gallons of gas just come out all over yeah, this fucking well, place yeah and, and then in, in a use of my running gas station expertise here mm-hmm. um, the, the gas ignites in an appropriate way in this movie nice so there's a furnace in the corner of the room right First of all, she she gets water. She has gas on her shirt. Does the correct thing and takes the shirt off. Yes, There's probably no fumes a good on idea. her shirt, so she doesn't yeah. light on fire because she knows what's about to happen. She must have worked at a gas station. I kind of doubt it. No, she's been a psychiatric <laughs> worker her whole life apparently. Uh, but the fire that sits in the in the furnace there just it just the stuff just starts igniting right and blowing up. The way it works is. If gas fumes are what ignites, not gas itself. No, I got you. So when there's heat, or mm-hmm. like especially the extreme heat from fire, next to gas fumes, it ignites them. Yes. That's what happens in this scenario. There's a room filled with gas, so the fumes are everywhere, and then the furnace ignites it. Ah. Uh, I want to point out that this is a pretty impressive thing that happened here. Uh, Kane Hodder was actually lit on fire. They, they cover him retardant? Well, no, they just lit him on... No, of course they covered him in stuff, Justin. <laughs> they might have used, like, a... <laughs> they did it safely, Justin. Well, no, I was asking because they might have put him in a suit. I want to know if they wanted to use a suit of retardant. They used some kind of protective suit okay. because this set a record for the time. Uh, he was on screen, on fire for 40 seconds, which in 1988 was a record. I think it's been broken by now. I don't know no by what insane person. Probably. Yeah, I assume. Um, but yeah, for a while there, Kane Hodder was on fire for the longest. <laughs> Only that madman would do something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Maggot mouth indeed. Right. He was willing. So, so chatted Tina get out of the house, and then it just explodes. Yeah, that's probably not the realistic part. No, it was just, just whole house, down. whole house just explodes. Like the gas fumes have already mm. ignited. So, if it didn't blow up already, it wasn't. Gonna See, blow Tina's up. dad had a bunch of dynamite stashed oh. in the walls. <laughs> One day, I may need to blow up this house. One day. I have to bury my wife and kid. Play this C4 yeah. all over the house, dude. C4. Yeah, that shit just blows the fuck up. But, oh, Jason's not dead. Well, of course fucking not. <laughs> Chad tries to shoot him and gets his ass beat. <laughs> Chad's pretty useless, which I dig. I do dig that, like, the girl is the most effective here. It, it's a, sen- it's a you know, direct... 
I guess response, I guess subversion of the trope of the final girl. I mean, like, I guess sometimes the final girl is pretty effective. The the one in three kind of kicked Jason's ass quite a bit. But, I mean, I guess usually they're just doing a whole lot of running and being, like, ad Jason. But I like that, you know, it's only because she uh, has superpowers. But um, Tina is like, hell yeah, let's fucking fight Jason. Right. So... After he beats the shit out of Chad, now it comes to the absolute worst part of this movie. <laughs> You're damn right. Tina's down there struggling on the deck because she, she, he hurt her leg, so she, she's not moving very well. And uh, he's just approaching her, and she focuses real fucking hard. He even does the z- double zoom on her face to tell you know, let you know that she's she's doing something. Yeah, I thought she was gonna like explode Jason right. or something. Right, uh, me too. Or like, yeah. throw him in the water. Or something. Yeah, and then like back down. No, but the uh, no, but the never... absolute stupidest thing possible happens. Something I could have never imagined my entire fucking life happened. Yeah. <laughs> so this bitch <laughs> somehow yeah resurrects her dad? Question mark. Because I don't know if it happens His or not. His eyes are open and shit. But then, like, he doesn't he even he doesn't even look rotted or nothing. Yeah, he's fine. He, he's just and he comes out of the water and he's yelling and he grabs Jason and brings him down with him. Yep, and he's wrapped in a chain. So he like wraps the chain around Jason. I guess pulls it back down and ties it back I think, down. I guess. Yeah, I uh, yeah yeah. You don't see anything, though. Because I have no idea. Yeah, because well, gets right after that, Tina just passes out, and then it's morning again, and there's firefighters there cleaning everything so up. So did it happen or not? I Who knows? There has been several moments in this franchise where characters saw something that didn't happen towards the end of one but of then, these like, movies. What, what did Jason do if both of them were still alive? I don't know, and I doubt it will be addressed in Part 8, because Absolutely Tina not. is not in it, right. and the, this plot line of the psychic girl is abandoned, which, uh, I mean... That sucks. We're never going to have a main character yeah. again. And then this movie, like, really abruptly just ends. It just ends. abruptly ends. They, they just get shove away her in an ambulance, ambulance and they and, drive away you know, and the movie's at over. At least we killed Jason. Ha ha. Um, and movie over. I have no idea what they were thinking with that ending. Um, I think they wanted him to be a goopier zombie at first, but they thought it was too morbid. But I was like, but he's been dead for ten years. Why would he look like he just fell in the river just now? Or the lake? I have no clue. As AVGN would say, what were they thinking? <laughs> um, yeah. This movie's a mess. It really is. Uh, I think they utilized the concept really well in that last third. Mm-hmm. That last third bumps this movie up quite a bit for me. It's- in my opinion. It's still... Just as messy as a lot of these movies. It's. I don't think it's enough to put it at like a decent spot for us. No. I where I want to put it. Mm-hmm. Dead ass is right above one, second to last. Let's discuss it in a moment. I'm gonna get through a couple more factoids and things. I right, hit me with it. We're running long. Let's go. I know. I'm sorry. I should have known this was gonna happen. Uh, you may have noticed that the score sounded very familiar in this one. That is because uh, this is the first film in the series not to be fully done by Harry Manfredini. Uh, It was actually done by Fred Mullen, the main composer. However, the score just borrows from Manfredini's previous scores so much that Manfredini ends up getting the primary credit for the film's score over Mullen. 
Okay. Uh, lazy, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, that being said, shit still sounds good. He has good scores. It's just a shame that they just literally just recycled shit. Um, oh, so this is funny. Kane Hodder is filming a movie. Apparently, his dressing room trailer is about a quarter mile away from the shoot. So he has to walk through the woods to get to where they're shooting for the day. Okay. Uh, he's like, fuck it. Gets in the Jason costume, full makeup. <laughs> you can kind of see where this is going. Yeah, that's great. And he's just walking through the woods <laughs> to get to the shoot. And a dude walks up to him and is like, holy shit. <laughs> hey, man. Are you filming a movie around here? And like Kane's probably like sweating a lot and annoyed. <laughs> yeah. And he just doesn't say anything. And the dude's like, what? And then he just gives him like a little bit of a, like a psych out lunge. Like he just like goes like uh, at the guy. Like he just like, he psychs him out. And the dude fucking takes off. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> fucking through the woods, tripping and everything. And, and then Kane just goes through, back through the walking through the woods. <laughs> That's incredible. And I guess no cops got involved. Uh, probably they wouldn't have believed that uh, the man saw Jason I saw Voorhees. Jason in the woods, man. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> oh, man. Cops are like, shut the fuck up. Just shoots him. <laughs> oh, no. Cops, you know. Uh, so the costume department, speaking of Kane Hodder, uh, they made Kane Hodder's mom a custom crew member jacket with Jason's mom written on it. Uh, like the back, like name. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of cute. <laughs> she proudly wore this for years in her hometown in Nevada. That's cool. And uh, until she passed away. Uh, and she would always give locals who asked about her jacket autographed pictures of her son as Jason. <laughs> and probably a surprise that they were like asking, oh, who's Jason? And then she gives them a picture of Jason Voorhees. <laughs> and then they're just like, oh, man, you're that dude's mom. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so, as you maybe would expect, this movie fared poorly with critics, Justin. Mm. Would you have guessed? 32% on Rotten Tomatoes, Where's, which, I, which I do have to say is admittedly... Like more than higher than more than half of this franchise, right. actually. Right, and, where's, where's the review I'm looking for? I ain't got any special Damn it. this time. I'm sorry. Sorry, go ahead. We ain't got no Ebert. Sorry. Or uh, Siskel. That's who, what I was who looking was, for. Who was fucking hating on these. <laughs> I was these. looking for Siskel, dude. <laughs> I think everybody's just kind of just like, ah, whatever, it's going to happen <laughs> by this point. Part seven. Yeah. Uh, the, de the declining returns continue with Friday 7, grossing $19.1 against a $2.8 million budget. Ah, maybe Friday 8 will turn the tide. It, it doesn't. Spoiler for next week. Uh, it makes less than this one. <laughs> so I guess it's time to rank it. Here's the thing, Justin. I know we're going low. Yep. I think it's better than one still. Yeah, sure. I think, despite it not being as consistently decent as one, it has moments of sporadic incredibleness. Is that a word? I don't care. I'm, I'll make it up. Incredibleness. Just sleeping bag kill. Party horn kill. 
a couple funny moments here and there, and the whole fucking psychic throwdown at the end are all things I love. And even it, I mean, the, the dad thing is stupid, but I got to tell you, it got a fucking reaction out of me. I paused the movie and paced. <laughs> yeah, I was... I was like, excuse. (laughs) Oh, it's so dumb that it's incredible. I know no one in their right mind could have thought of that shit. (sighs) I feel a very similar way about this one that I feel about that I feel about part five. And I don't know what side of the the fence I'm gonna land on. Is it better than part five or worse than part five? Because part five has a lot of the same kinds of issues where there's sporadic fun moments and then a lot of stuff that drags and doesn't work and then just some interesting things but not enough i like the setting of part five more i think that i think so there's better side characters in it with more personality and are more interesting i would agree so like i don't think it's better than five (sighs) i don't think i feel strongly one way or the other I don't think 20, 20 good minutes in an otherwise boring and pretty bad movie uh, deserves to outrank that. But what's more disappointing, the dad coming out of the river or the reveal the of... The dad coming out of the river, are Jason you fucking is kidding me? Part, yeah, you're yeah, right. No, no, no. The dad coming out of the river is the worst thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. Put that thing down there. It, like, it almost you know what, you've convinced me. me. The dead dad, like as much as the psychic fight brings this movie up... The dead dad out of fucking nowhere brings it back down. Brings it back down yeah, big. It's, it's below five. Uh, yeah, it's below five. I still think it's more enjoyable than part one. Yeah, I, agree. I feel like I'm bullying part one at this point. It's but just, it's just like it's, it's just kind the of least there. interesting one. That's that's all it's it is. It's just kind of there. It's just the least interesting one in the franchise. I don't know what it is. Fine. There's stuff that I like about part one. I'm not trying to say that it it's won't bad. end up being the bottom one. I sure hope it doesn't, because I feel bad at this point. Jason Goes to Hell is, like, most definitely worse. Well, I've so, definitely heard that that's the worst one. Yeah. And we will see. I've also heard that Jason uh, Takes Manhattan next week is uh, pretty bad, and that's what we're watching next week. Might have one really funny scene with the head punch, but that's... I know it has one really funny scene It has with the head punch, which is yeah. great. But other than that, I don't know, who knows? But yeah, no, let, let's set it there. That sounds good to me. All right, well, next week we will tackle Jason Takes Manhattan. I don't know if it's going to sound as crisp and clean as this podcast. It definitely will not. We'll see what happens. It most certainly will not. We're going back to Discord. Sad. <laughs> but, you know, for the well, time at least being, we could have one good episode. Yeah, that's a long one, too. The guys got to enjoy some crisp quality content for a little while. Ooh. I, it went longer than I wanted to, but but Genhart was on too good of a rant about Tony Hawk's Pro Scare 5. Look, so man, go for I needed to... I needed to <laughs> throw it in the garbage, all right? Right. Sometimes you got to take a shit, you know? <laughs> you take a shit in the final scene of this movie. Oh, man. Ugh. You got to take a shit on that. Why does the house blow up? I, you know what? Fuck that movie. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, dead dad out of nowhere. What? <laughs>